Swagger, the goodest of boys, gone too soon. Swagger, you were the heart of the Cleveland Browns franchise for six years of your life. Through the years that included starting QBs of Hoyer, Manziel, Shaw, Davis, McCowan, Kessler, Griffin, Kaiser, Hogan, Taylor, and Mayfield. You kept the team going through good times and, well, bad times, which was most of it. The one bright spot during a run of 28, 83, and 1, and the biggest fan during more winless seasons than winning seasons. We hope you're watching from doggy heaven so you can finally see a winning team and a winning season in 2060. Your legacy goes on with SJ, but your loyalty to the team is something that cannot be replaced. Goodbye, old friend. Swagger for life. live welcome to another edition of 30 rack of sports it is sunday february 9th episode 16 big week here in the 30 rack universe aka the state of ohio for sports of course i'm greg joined on my left by a man who enjoys pitchers and catchers reporting more than any other poise cordial interaction Zach, Zach, how's it going? It's going great, Greg, and you got that exactly right. That's the best intro I've had thus far. Well, thank goodness. Try not to try to keep it together during this next week. That's really all I care about. Alrighty, and then to my right is the man on the ones and twos, a man who roots for the teams in a city just south of Madeira, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio. Josh, how's it going? Uh, it's um, it's a hard day, Greg. Jesus, it's, a hard, what the? it's a hard day. I'm choking up over that uh, swagger eulogy, and I'm choking up because the Bearcats lost to UConn, and Luke Fickle's probably going to Michigan State. You don't know that. And it's a, you don't it's, know. And it's, it. it's a sad day. It's a sad day. It's a sad day. <laughs> but we're but we're gonna drink beer on Thirty Rack of Sports and talk about sports. Zach and I might fight each other at the end of the show. We might go like mid 2000s Stephen A. Skip on everybody. Skip. Because uh, I, I wish I wish we could just skip his uh, his uh, zinger today, but we'll get there when we get there. It's facts, Josh. That's the way that's a facts. It's not well. Facts. The best way to get us ready for any sort of argument, and I'm sure everyone will agree with me, is arguments are always better and more calm when people have had a couple of beers in them. So why don't we start with a nice beer over here in our thirty rack studios today? This week was my choice, so we are drinking um, a beer from Sibling Revelry Brewing in Westlake, Ohio. We are drinking the Spoiled Brat Sour India Pale Ale. Now, um, I saw Sour and IPA together (laughs) and uh, was very interested, almost as interested by that doorbell noise that Josh pulled out of nowhere. So... uh, 
This will be interesting it's today. Josh got the, uh, the special yeah, effects board going, whoa, whoa. so we'll see. Uh, see if that goes a little overboard. Like oh, uh, Josh's oh beer almost did. Yeah. yeah. Trying to sabotage me. That's the point. That's the hope. Ooh, uh, I like that. Yeah, that is good. I love S sibling revelry mm. brewing. That's a nice sour and the IPA mm. wakes you up, perks you up in the morning. This is a nice hair of the dog beer. You know, you wake up on that Tuesday morning, need a or road Wednesday beer on the morning. way to work so you don't vomit. This is a good beer for yeah, that. This is or a good Thursday morning perk you or up Friday little. morning. For I mean, every day. Yeah, every day. Have, have this with your bacon and eggs. Yeah. That's, that's mm. a good start to the day. Mm -hmm. Screw coffee. Mm-hmm. Spoiled Brad, I like the little, uh, it's a nice design on the can too. I like it. Yeah. Uh, West Lake, Ohio, that's uh, west of the lake near Cleveland. <laughs> of what lake, Josh? Glad you named that, that one lake. Out. West Lake, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the West Lake? Yeah. That town near Berea? Well, hi, most people know where Berea is. Uh, probably some people. Well, at least Ohio people know where Berea is. I mean, Browns so. fans should know where Berea that's is. That's who we're here for, isn't it? Is the yeah. Ohio people? I mean, uh, maybe I don't. Maybe. Heck, if you live us. in what? Didn't we have a listener from, from like Switzerland? Uh, That's Switzerland true. We got oh, we, uh, the Netherlands. Oh, the, the Netherlands. Netherlands. Let's not split hairs, though. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't want to get into a whole thing there. Geography's hard. Two Canadians, two uh, North Americans. How's it going, eh? Okay. okay. Alrighty, we start off today with our Ohio sports headlines. Uh, going through some of the college basketball action in the state of Ohio. Dayton with a 71-65 win over St. Louis Saturday. Uh, Crutcher and Toppin both had 17 points with the Flyers able to hang on at home against the Billikens. Uh, Ohio State starting off the week on a high note with a win over Michigan 61-58. Wesson had 23 points, but the big play was a... Xavier Simpson flagrant foul uh, ripping Kyle Young's jersey with just 34 seconds left. Fortunately, following that up with a big 70 to 57 loss against Wisconsin, the Western Bears combined for five of 18 shooting for just 19 points. Uh, the aforementioned Cincinnati Bearcats, big win over Wichita State, 80 to 79. Jaron Cumberland with 24 points and a game-winning three-point play with just three seconds left. We followed it with an OT loss at UConn, 72-71. Just today, Trey Scott, 25-13, and 13, but a big no-call to end the game on Jaron. Really swung things the way of UConn. Going to the pro side of things, the Jackets with 1-0 uh, and 2-0 wins over Florida and Detroit, followed by a 2-1 loss versus Colorado, their first regulation loss since January 9th. Elvis Merzlikens had a shutout streak of 174 minutes and 40 seconds, the third longest in Columbus Blue Jackets history. The Cavs making a big play at the trade deadline, trading for Andre Drummond from the Pistons hey for Brendan Knight and John Henson and a second round pick. Uh, Drummond has the possibility to be a free agent after this year, has a $28.7 million player option for 20 to 21. And the Browns hired Joe Woods for the defensive coordinator position was the DB coach and pass game coordinator for the 49ers last year. Guys, that is the Ohio news. That's the way the news goes, as they say. Um, but the last piece of news to get things started here, Luke Fickle apparently interviewing at Michigan State. Uh, there was some conversation about him not being on the flight back to Lansing with some of the higher-ups from Michigan State, but still a lot of rumors floating around that area. 
Zach, yes. a lot of people have said he's not going to take this job. He doesn't want to deal with all this stuff. A lot of other coaches have, have pulled their name out of it. But it seems like this is the guy that Michigan State wants, and he seems apt to wanting to take this job to some degree. Do you think he takes the job, or Zach? I mean, look, it's a, it's a Power 5 job. I think no one can, you know, anybody would be stupid they come calling not to, um, you know, take the interview, take a look around. Um, but I, I'm still, I know a lot of Cincinnati people um, are very nervous right now about it. Um, I'm still not. I That's think very nervous. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff going on around that program, the school itself, a lot of potential, I think, NCAA um, sanctions or violations. So, I mean... You know, if you're Luke Fickle, you're going on this interview, I'm asking, what's going on? You know, what kind of sanctions are we looking at? What what happened? And I think from the school's perspective, I don't know how they can answer that because these are all preliminary investigations. He's had the top a top 40 recruiting class. I think he's building something special in Cincinnati. Right. Uh, <clears throat> it is a little concerning that there hasn't been an extension yet as much as the new Cincinnati ADs kind of said that's top priority list. Where's it been? Um, yeah, either for him or I remember last time he said, hey, I don't need as much of a contract extension, but my assistant coaches need to get And paid. they did that, though. Yeah. They did that. They did that. I think since I made a – over the last – you know, since even when I first went there in 2010, and they made a very consistent effort with the upgrades of the stadium, facilities, um, that ugly bubble they built, but it's still a nice practice facility. Um, I think he stays. I think it's close. I'd put like 55-45 confidence, but I, I I think he stays. I don't think Michigan State's that great of a job uh, for a power five. Like if he's no. waiting. Now, I, I don't know. I don't see him leaving. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I think I think you're stepping into a bad situation mm-hmm. at Michigan State. I just don't it's, – it's hard for me to envision after everything that Luke Fickle has built this year. Like you said, you've got a top 40 recruiting class. It's the best recruiting class in school history. You know, you just had back-to-back 11-win seasons. That's never been done before in school history. Um, I will say that as of literally one minute ago, we're recording Sunday afternoon. uh, This comes from DetroitSportsNation.com, and they have a source that's part of this Michigan State group Mm. of – that has, like, people on the board and everything – and they're saying that it is just a rumor, this is unconfirmed, but Luke Fickle will be the 25th head football what? coach of Michigan State, five-year contract, $25.5 million. See, that's what I've heard. I've heard – With a $2 million buyout to UC. Okay, yeah. Whoa. So I've heard some stuff that says he's taking it, but then I've also heard from um, news sources I mean, in Cincinnati saying that he hasn't told anyone with the team or anything yet. So, And that doesn't – Luke Fickle is not going to Brian Kelly this. He's not gonna hop on a plane and never come back. Like you know, the great. You guys remember that Brian oh, yeah. Kelly story? He just, he just jumped he's at away. dinner with boosters, excuses himself from dinner because he had to take a phone call, and no one ever saw him again. He just stayed in North. <laughs> yeah, how I, insane! That's not Luke Fickle's style. Um, well, I don't think that's enough money for me. It, it, honestly, if I'm him, same. I'm saying I want ten mil a year. Then, guy, like I don't know what's going on here. You know, we had the whole diddling thing and all sorts of other stuff with the recruits. I, I, I think some big sanctions are coming down. Yeah, it's for me. It's just like you're stepping away from a great thing 
something that, like we talked about last week, you know, he's an Ohio guy, you know, his family's here. It's all settled down here. You're doing incredible things that you mm -hmm. see. And yeah, eventually you want to go to a power five. Sure. But, but this isn't it. Like I'm no. telling you this, this ain't it friend. Like this ain't it chief. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're stepping, like you said, you've got all these unknowns at Michigan state with all these different investigations that are just in their preliminary stages. You have no idea what could possibly come down on this university within right. the next five years or so. And you're going to give up this great thing that you have now to go deal with all of that for 25 million. And the I other thing is it. after just rebuilding the Cincinnati recruiting area, now would have to do that with Michigan State. Cincinnati got three four-star recruits per 24-7 sports. Yeah. How many four-star recruits do you think Michigan State they got? got zero. None. Well, and that's UC what was ranked 40th, Michigan State 43rd. So Yeah, I mean, you don't have that. Um, you're in a conference that's competitive, and I think it helps that you had like Memphis and some of these other decent programs that kind of builds the profile a little bit. Um I've said all along, and what I really felt, <clears throat> if I'm Luke Fickle, none of this, this is all speculation, this is all me just thinking. He's an Ohio State guy, right? You know, I've heard. <laughs> you know he would want that job. I mean, obviously, he, the interim thing doesn't count. Like, that was a messy situation. Um, if I'm Luke Fickle right now, I'm thinking, well, I got a great thing going on here in Cincinnati. Let's go ahead and build this up right. And... I mean, as much as an Ohio State fan, I love Ryan Day and I hope he stays there forever. This guy was an NFL guy originally. I think at some point the NFL is going to pry him away. Wouldn't you want to be sitting here if you're, you know, an Ohio State born and bred guy? Right. Be able to go back to Ohio State in the yeah. next five years, six years? And to show the boosters that, hey, you know, last time I just kind of got thrown into it. This time yeah. I actually have some, some head coaching acumen. Right. And I think the other thing is even if – you know, maybe he's not quite thinking Ohio State. Mm. Unless Michigan State is like one of his top couple jobs, he's going to get thrown into the conversation with all the other big jobs again next year. Oh, I yeah. Mean, there, if he stays, and honestly, potentially, even if he doesn't stay with just all the talent they have, they're going to have a good team next year. They're probably going to be, you know, at least an, at least a nine or ten win team. Mm. So he'll oh, be in all yeah. the conversations again next year. I mean, wouldn't USC be a better job? Yeah, I, I mean, think, I know from yes. a recruiting I, aspect, that'd be difficult. Obviously, I think so Michigan many things State things makes would be sense, a better job. But, I think so yeah. many things would be a better job than the, this Michigan State job. And there are people with saying all the that unknowns he's bringing, and everything. Yeah, he's going to bring defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman with him, who was going to be Fickle's successor at UC. Ooh. There's things that Evan Prater for, uh, and that's what you're saying with the four star recruits and the lack thereof at Michigan State. Is so many Michigan State fans are like, awesome, we're going to have a four star quarterback now with mm -hmm. Evan Prater if Prater goes with Fickle. But I think if Freeman stays, and I think that's who UC would jump on, right? What do you do if you're UC right now? You're yeah. thinking if he goes, hey, Marcus. Yeah, I think that's been the plan all along. Yeah, I mean, and Freeman I think, turned down that linebacker's job with the Tennessee Titans, right? Regardless of whether that is to be with Fickle at Michigan State or to be a UC I think he's when a college Fickle guy. Leaves. To me, yeah. and I don't think he wants to go up there. Right. I so we'll and we'll see. I, the other thing mm -hmm. is with with Freeman is you look at so many of these you know Alabama or top guys that are leaving to be head coaches of. Boston colleges or lower level guys want to be head coaches. <clears throat> yeah. So I think I'd rather be the head Mike coach Urich of Cincinnati. Mike Urich made then. sense 
to go to Boston College. He's from that area originally. He has connections there. And Boston College is really not that bad of a job. It's underrated, in my opinion. Well, I've always said Boston even, College is, I mean, You can win there. Even some of the guys are leaving for, you know, Mac schools. And right. so that's why I'm saying people mm. want to be head coaches. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, get an a AAC UC, job. Yeah, a great. UC head coaching job is a lot better than a Michigan State defensive coach. It's, really, it's a top 30 job to me. Yeah, and I was going to say— It's better than some of those uh, lower-level, like, you know— yeah, like Rutgers. Rutgers. Or- it's a better job than Rutgers. I mean, recruiting fertile ground, and like we were talking about before the show, Ohio State, I mean, Ohio produces so many top recruits, and Ohio State, they're going to pick their top five to six guys in Ohio. That's who they're going to go after, and they'll probably win all, if not most of those. But then otherwise, they go national, and there's still yeah. a lot of big recruits just well, sitting there. Because you can only take, I mean, you can only take 23 you know, 20, to 25 guys. Yeah, and that's the thing. And when you look at up and down the Ohio State roster, you get a lot of Texas. Mm-hmm. Usually they get Florida, usually they California. Get the top guy from Pennsylvania. And right. then a lot of Florida, California. So at that point, they just don't have, you know, unless you're the cream of the crop, like the one uh, left tackle from uh, Paris White Johnson Davis. Jr. Or yeah, Paris Johnson Jr., sorry. From, yeah. uh, from Princeton. Like, yeah. they're just not, like even the four stars, they're kind of like, ah. And then they pick up a couple of, uh, late under recruited three star guys. Yeah, and from those like are New guys, Albany and stuff. But those yeah. are also guys that go in, you know, knowing that they right. they're kind they're of good. in an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, righty. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm yeah. sure we'll have our answer within the next 24 to 48 hours. I would, hours. I would I hope need, for I mean, everybody's yeah. sake, I would hope. That's uh that's there's an article from 24/7 Sports <laughs> that said uh, you know, expect a decision in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh some other big news from over the weekend, the NCAA uh showed their top 16 seeds for the tournament as of right now. Uh, the one Ohio team coming in, Dayton, the, was a two seed and the number six seed overall in the top 16 seed recap yesterday. Zach, we've been asking this question so much. Do they have the schedule and do they have the wins ahead of them to even be a one seed? I mean, they're just a couple uh, seeds off. A few guys fall, you know, some four well, seeds kind of on the end, but... Do they have a resume enough to build it up to be a top four team? I think, um, you know, this 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 shit is always crapshoot, man. I mean, we can all sit here and throw darts all day at a board. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think they they can. They're just they just need to win out and let I mean, this basketball season last two three years of college. I think with you starting to see a lot of the top players, not quite yet, but. Sorry to be like, oh, let's go to the G League or go overseas or just sit out a year and work out. You know, now we're trying. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I so, think these have been just very up and down, crazy. You know, well, you know, like Ohio State is mind-numbingly frustrating, but even Duke's been inconsistent. All these top teams have been consistent. If they can just maintain consistency, I don't think their resume is crazy impressive. But I mean, you know, the close loss to Kansas is huge. I think that's a win for any A10 team, really, in yeah. the committee's eyes. And if you just kind of Play out. I think they can't just get to the tournament championship game. They have to be regular season and conference champions. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have that slip up. But if they do that, yeah, I think potentially they could. So just to show that top, uh, the five seeds ahead of Dayton right now are uh, Baylor, Kansas, both from the Big 12, uh, Gonzaga, San Diego State. And Duke. And San Diego State, I feel like, is right is there also in, in that, that Dayton mix where your yeah. conference is not that strong, but if you don't fuck They're up, undefeated, you know, so yeah, yeah, that's I why mean, they're there right now. And, uh, you know, like you said earlier, with some of the top players really making this uh, kind of difficult, 
is so unprofessional. Is I think looking at some of the mock drafts, something like eight of the top ten players in the draft will not be in the tournament. Will def pretty much for sure will not be in the tournament. Right? Because you look at you have about three international guys. You have. Um, you know, Wiseman that left. You have Anthony Edwards, who's at Georgia, who doesn't really have much of a chance. Uh, Cole Anthony at North Carolina, unless they go on some crazy run in the tournament, they're not mm. going to be, you know, they're not going to be in the NCAA tournament unless they win the ACC tournament. So there's a lot of parity in here, and you see a lot of the guys, you know, up and down. You know, Duke at five, they have some weird losses. Uh, even Kansas, you know, has a couple of, like, hmm, losses. Right. So I think if they can... Yeah, if they can finish out undefeated, I think that's probably their I mean, only it's, chance. It's been a crazy year, right, yeah. Josh? I mean, geez, I don't Yeah, I mean, we talk about, like, you can't get road wins anywhere right now. <laughs> Nobody I mean, can. Yeah, I mean, and I was ready to come on the show today and talk about how, oh, you see, after they started, <laughs> like, 0-4 on the road, they, they I think, were finally, like, 4-4 four and four in their last— They were 3-4. Three 3-4 and four. Three yeah. and four in their last seven road games. And then, you know, come out this weekend and lose an overtime game to UConn. Subpar UConn. This is in— Subpar UConn. Yeah, it was a UConn. subpar UC yeah. team. I mean, you had yeah. two shot clock violations, one of which— it was just like they were kind of surprised that there was a shot clock in the <laughs> basketball game. Yeah, well, and then the other thing was at the end of the game, you know, there there's so much of a team that's based off movement and getting to the basket and making those passes, coming off screens. Yeah. And at the end of the game, they were just like, hey, let's dribble it around and let's let Jaren go to the basket with five seconds they have left. Like, and they got blocked almost every time. They have just a weird, um, you know, what I've watched of you see, it's uh, – and I get John Brannon. I'm not trying to blame him. He's dealing with Mick Cronin's recruiting deficiencies. They, they they have some more semblance of an offense, but they still get in these lulls where you're just like, what do you, you know, it's basically Jaron Cumberland running around like a typical high school kid sometimes and just running into traffic, flailing around, the ball's loose. And well, I'll like, tell you, what are you doing? I'll tell you, I turned on the game late uh, and there was about 10 minutes left in the first half. They scored one basket in the <laughs> yeah. time that I watched, but between the ten minutes and halftime, they yeah. let UConn go on a 16-0 run in a 16-2 run, run yeah. in yeah. which they made uh, three. Uh, there were three drives in a row that UConn hit a uh, three-pointer, and then there in that stretch um, on UC's possessions, mm. there were maybe four or five blocks in two possessions and a shot clock violation where. Nobody seemed to know that there was a shot clock in the game. Huh? So you just go through these spurts where it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. that you won't yeah. move. You're you're completely unaware. Yeah, Cumberland had zero points in the first half. Yeah, and I think the one other thing is with, with all the goodwill that they had with the Wichita State game, I know looking at the bracketology going into this weekend, they were the 12th seed. And it was more or less they probably were still on the, uh, you know, first four out bubble. But since they had the – lead in the AAC, you know, Lenardi puts all the teams that are currently right. leading their conference in. So at that point, you know, they were in the driver's seat for the AAC. You know, if they were to win the regular season championship, that would be just another feather in their cap to be like, hey, we should at least be a team that you could consider for, you know, a Dayton game yeah. or something. But I mean, now they lose, you know, they lose control on that. They, mm-hmm. they drop another game. They drop a game against the Honestly, a pretty bad UConn team, and it just— They had energy, though. I do like what—who's um, what's um, who's the new UConn coach? Sorry, it sounds— Dan Hurley. Yeah, Dan Hurley. I, I, I like what he's doing there, though. I think they played a lot of energy. But, yeah, I agree. I think that's—that um, doesn't help. But I honestly think right now 
UC's in a better position than my Buckeyes right now. Um, yes. After, I, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. And I love Chris Holtman, and I'm not hot taking anything like next year's a make or break or this year's make or break. But Fire just, him no, right now, I mean, no, no, no. I just think this is two years in a row where we've seen – this team come out hot, and I love that he plays a tough. That's the thing; he plays a tough non-conference schedule, which Thad Mata refused to do. Yeah, and they've dominated, and then they get into conference and towards the end of their their non-conference schedule. And I, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this team. They beat Michigan. Granted, that was about eleventh place, but I think both teams are more talented than that situation. Yeah, is. both teams are still like, I mean, eight or nine seeds in the tournament. Right, but then you go and you play the buzz cuts. Of Wisconsin, and they just run a bus all over. Like you, were, Wisconsin is. I'll give them this. You know, to Bo Ryan, you know, um, to Greg Gard, to Greg Gard. You know, they run the same style. And I've always respected Wisconsin's style of play. They they don't beat themselves. They blah 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 blah. Just like the football team. But my God, way more athletic. There that, that there's no excuse to get well, blown out by twenty three fucking points. And the other thing is, you look this at- late. In the seat, like, come on. Yeah, and you also look, I mean, you know, obviously Ohio State has has some, you know, some issues, right? Obviously, Carton leaving the team. But Wisconsin's in a full state of, like, flux right now. Right. They had a guy just quit the team. They had Davidson, who was back, but had a one-game suspension. They had a staffer leave the team over something. Like, It's a weird situation. Yeah, their entire program is just in this weird flux right now. And the fact that they just, I mean, pretty much after the first eight or so minutes, just— Put it 16-0 right run to end the half, and then just nothing. You know, and it, even the turnovers wasn't at 14. That's a lot. I've seen worse from this team. Yeah. And they had nine in the first half. That means they only had five in the second half. Yeah, but and, they only shot 37%. Right, and this is the best three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. If they can, I don't, uh, I, you know, and I know it's hard cart and left. You're pretty much down to one point guard right now. Um I don't know. Chris Holman needs to dig deep here. I'm just saying, you can't keep having this year after year. So, I, I mean, that's where you, for me, for me, they're just so wildly inconsistent because you had, like, you had Washington step up uh, in the game, or, uh, the right. early week game. Um, well, against Michigan last yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah against yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. not Well, I mean, Wesson, you know, it's probably Caleb Wesson. You know, he was a guy last year who was on the edge of that player of the year conversation. Coming into this year, he was one of those guys. And, you know, point, like, you <laughs> Sorry, I spilled my beer a little bit. Like you pointed out, you know, he had 23 points, 12 boards against Indiana. Um, he had eight points in two of 11 shooting against Wisconsin. Like, like, what is that? Exactly. So so you just, like, you have your leaders who are inconsistent. You have your bench guys that are trying, who, let, let's be honest, have had to step up a lot and have they put have, into some yeah. tough situations this year. And, I mean, I, I think that's what you get at this point in the season is you didn't you didn't iron those inconsistencies out yet. Then, you know, you have Carton leave and everything, which, you know, great and everything for him. But, like, from the team aspect, like, you have got to find a way to fill those holes and you have got to find a way to get consistency. Because right now, if if they make it in, you know, they're first first round out to me. I mean, yeah. Or, or, I mean, yeah, that's that's the frustrating thing. I think that's one of those teams that they could get get dangerous quickly. Yeah, or who knows? If they They figure it out. They go to the second weekend and then they absolutely get the floor mopped. I mean, it 
I agree with what you're saying. To me, this is a team that's either like some of those disappointing Duke teams first yeah. weekend out, or they're like that eight seed UConn team who ran the table exactly. and went to the tournament. Because like, like you said, you know, they, they've got the shooters and everything, and if they can put together some sort of semblance of consistency, it's, then yeah, maybe they can make a run. It's just frustrating. But the, the inconsistencies are so wild. You could go between the first round game and the second round game and see. We'll see if they make the tournament, though. They still teams. got a way to go. I mean, if they keep playing like this, I don't know. They're going to put themselves in a very difficult position to where they might have to go into that Big Ten tournament. And win. Yeah, I mean, well, you still or got- they're going to have to go into the Big Ten tournament and show deep. them something. Yeah. And that's one of the things. At least they have the, you know, the uh, non-con to go back on. But it's been shown in a yeah. lot of years that the committee wants you to do something in conference. It. Well, yeah, it takes, they, you it takes, should. Well, it takes a whole lot for them to put anyone that's under 500 in conference into the tournament. Right. I mean, there are very few examples, and they're just a game I mean, they were so last that. year. Yeah. They got in. They got they got the benefit of the doubt in non-conference. But, but just barely. Barely, that's the thing. yeah. If they're, if they're two games or three games under 500 and they lose early in the tournament, then I, I don't I mean, see a way. You know, that's NIT Chris City. Chris Holtman owns, you know, Coach Cal and those guys, but, you know. Sorry, I keep hitting the microphone. Josh switched my microphone this week on my side, oh, and I'm getting used me. to that. Um, it's a lot of complaining over here. I know. Yeah, but the talent, t- the talent, bitch. He didn't want to start. Talking about the- inconsistencies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think they can make the tur- tournament, but but the, here's the thing though: is that they have to finish out. I mean, you look at all of the strength of schedules in the Big Ten right now, and there's no denying that that is very tough. I mean, anyone in the Big Ten right now has an extremely tough remainder of the schedule. I mean, and well, uh, the Big Ten is just, I mean, the Big Ten is just a weird conference overall. You see teams that, you know, play above what they want to do, below what they want to do, I mean, on the road and everything. I know Purdue is like the top team in the country at home, right. but they're terrible on the road, but they somehow crushed Indiana at home when it was Bob Knight. Like, it's just, every every game you go into is almost a crapshoot. It is. And I mean, I think uh, before the Wisconsin game started, I did look at um, um, by conference, conference overall projections for the tournament. Right now, I mean, the Big Ten's got like ten teams. Yeah, anywhere and between ten and eleven. Yeah. So I mean, no, I think Ohio State's got room, but um, it'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, let's uh, let's take a break for a moment. Enjoy uh, some spoiled brat sour IPA from Sibling Revelry. Yeah, I will want to say. Uh, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was on the back. It says, uh, sour IPA, like the spoiled younger sibling that gets everything they want. This IPA makes a scene with the tartness of a traditional sh- sour and the hoppiness of an IPA. Stop whining and take a swig of this complex and drinkable beer, showing off everything sweet, sour, and citrus. I was an old, I was an oldest sibling, but you, you were a little bitch, I'm imagining, Gray. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. The baby of the family. Look, I was one of those guys. I was one of those kids. I know this is difficult for you to believe, but you hit the o- older sibling. He yeah. hits you back. You start crying. And sh- oh, I'm sure that's not difficult for me to easy. believe at all. This is a uh, this is fantastic though. I love how it said, uh, uh, "Stop whining and take a swig of this complex and drinkable beer." It is very complex, but it's not yeah. like very heavy at all. Um, but I, I think what is, it's what is this seven? This is seven point five. Really? really? Wow. wow! Wow! I didn't even notice. But I, when I saw it at the store to buy it, I was like, "Hold on, sour IPA." I love sour IPA. So we haven't done one yet. I think well, it's our I've, first one. I've rarely ever seen sour IPA, so it's like I don't know. This is either going to be good or this is going to be terrible. We were just talking about before the show, you know, pretty much all the beers that we've had because Ohio breweries are great. 
I mean, most of the beers that we have have been great so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things that you're just kind of like, ah, we'll start going weirder and weirder until eventually. But we're trying to so far we hit some gold mines. I mean, Um, this spoiled brat is great. And PS, or PS, I mean, just uh, we we're not BSing when we drink the beers. Like we were joking, like Greg was kind of mentioning earlier. We were joking, like we're waiting for that first beer we get where we're gonna be like, oh my god, this sucks. Like live on air, we're not BSing. These are good beers. There's only I think two or three beers that we've all like had before. Most of the time when we're like trying these beers, we We literally are like cracking them open for the first time. So these are our very honest reviews. But yeah, we were talking like eventually, like we're gonna what's going to happen when we get one and it's just awful. But we're drinking Ohio beer, so I don't, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I mean, well, that's I, I was trying to look for some of the weirder beers, and I know some of the really weird ones I couldn't find in the, you know, in the six packs. But uh, if all these beers start to taste too good, then I'm gonna have to try to go off the deep end I mean, or something. We're later. we're at a great place here uh, in Cincinnati. You know, we got Jungle Gems, which has a massive collection, not just nationally internationally but in every ohio crapper and then we got uh the source which is closer oh, yeah. to where i live party source down uh, across the river in kentucky so we'll get weird here i think uh, i need to step my game up a little bit and get a little weirder yeah we'll see i this is this is one of my favorite ones i think we've ever had uh i just mm-hmm. love the combination of the sour and the ipa it's, oh, yeah. it's really really good yeah i know sours are my favorite beer so that was one of the mm-hmm. things when i saw it i said hey i have to bring some of my sour disposition to the rest of this show and really i'm a big ipa guy so yeah best perfect pick best of both worlds yeah all right uh what do do we still got to talk about here we got i know we got some calves and blue jackets we got brushed by we got a we got a couple segments to get to oh yeah oh yeah we got got some segments we got some good segments this week i'm getting there i'm getting there oh my god this production quality is just guys ragging on me the past two weeks man that's what we do that's what you're here for and we're here for some segments we got some good ones this yeah. week greg Alrighty. first off we're starting in the fashionista part of the mls mls released their uh new jerseys based on the 1992 Is there a u.s I can soccer team up. i saw the yeah just search him the i saw the well, i saw the crew in the uh there's something, man. I, this is this is my jeer, so I'm gonna really lay into it later in the show. Okay. But oh my goodness! But uh, just to show, there were all 26 teams got a New Jersey based off the team, so they had the little three stripes above the right uh, shoulder. Teams, even the Red Bulls look awful. Yeah, teams had all their New Jerseys trying out some weird new designs on it, and oh, um, they're all bad. How did you, any of these get ranked good? Like these are. The Why Red- did they keep? I used to think the MLS unis were pretty dope. I mean, like, I'm not a big soccer guy, but I used to always think, like, oh, those are pretty cool yeah. uniforms, and then they got, like, these weird... Because things. they were all yeah. unique, and now they're yeah. all the same. the same. They're all copycat. I know um, ESPN ranked all 26 of the How? MLS jerseys, How? and uh, let's just say Ohio did not do well. Columbus came in at 22nd, and FCC came in at 24th. Uh, the comment on the crew was actually kind of to Zach's vein, where they're one of the team, they're one of the two or three teams that hasn't really changed their colors mm-hmm. since their original rollout. And they said, hey, you had an opportunity to kind of show off some of the original That's thoughts. stupid. That's stupid. And they didn't do That's that. That's stupid. Tradition. Josh has been waiting to pull that out. That's stupid. I, I mean, I'm talking out of my ass, but I feel like I, uniform-wise, I know some. That's stupid. No, I honestly... Even as a soccer guy, I used to like, I liked FC. Like, I've gone to some FC games. We had season tickets the one year. I have a shirt. But I almost thought about buying a jersey or, like, even the crew. We used, I used to go to crew games every once in a while when I was a kid. Just their fun. 
But I was like, the uniforms, even though I'm not a soccer guy, I was like, oh, those are like some sharp ass jerseys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. look cool. Very clean. Clean looking. And like, these look like the jerseys that like middle school teams wear that were like hand me downs from the high school's well, 1997 yeah. team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they look awful. Like, the Red Bulls, first of all, always been weird to me that a team was named after a fucking company. Not just a company, an energy drink. An energy drink. And then, like, they their jersey. Have several teams. So. No, I know, but their jersey just looks like an ad board for Red Bull, like with that big Red Bull logo on the lower There's, back. Like, honest, they have that lower back. Honestly, they're all, they're all so yeah. bad that I thought the Red Bulls one was one of the cooler looking ones. I mean, um, considering, but it's still yeah, con- like. Yeah, considering. Um, I thought uh, the San, I'm pretty sure it's the San Jose one. Uh, I was didn't even see the that one. Worst, worst one. I just don't Does like. Does it have crumbling buildings? Uh, it's well, <laughs> the one thing I will say is wow. just to go back to. What? No, they're, they're, they're the quake, right? Yeah, yeah they are. Just the to go back yeah. to um, Ohio real quick. I know. What is it? Uh, Josh's. They had. Um, Honestly, that looks okay to me compared to some of the other ones. That doesn't look You're out of your bad. element. No, I, <laughs> but Donnie, you're out of your Donnie, fucking you're element. Donnie, you're out of your element. <laughs> But yeah, they had uh, just talking about uh, Columbus had this weird checkerboard pattern that if you squinted, looked like it could be maybe a storm tr- or just something weird. And it was just a very off balance checkerboard pattern. And then mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati had this weird two shades of blue on either side. And I have no mm-hmm. idea what they were trying to do. I guess it's kind of a knockoff of like, uh, I think they want to say Real Madrid or Barcelona jerseys from like two years ago. But I mean, either way, it just. Did not hit at all. I Looking at the crew, it reminded them of the Juventus jerseys from this year. That's I, what it was, yeah. the Juventus jerseys. I mean, the Cruz unis, uh, the Acura from last year, or even the old Barbasol ones, digging, uh-huh. digging. And then you, like, flip, and it's got, like, the black kits have this. Yeah, I don't get the three-stripe. What is the three-stripe thing for? Uh, Adidas. Well, I it, fucking it's, hate it. Are they also, all Adidas? They're yeah. all Adidas, okay. and then also it's to... Um, it's a nod to the 1992 U.S. men's soccer Adidas jerseys. always does the worst uniforms. Like even um, remember when UC was Adidas and yeah, like uh, Baylor and that NCAA tournament with the knee. Like they always get creamed by Nike, like destroyed by Nike in the so uniform battle. Like even a, in football, like Ohio State and Michigan every year for a few years were wearing their, you know, that was the big Nike Adidas game where uh, they would wear the throwbacks. And Ohio State's always looked way cooler and, like, way sharper. And then Adidas always had, like, these weird checkered patterns and, like, stri- Like, they look awful. Adidas sucks. Yes. I know they're a big soccer producer, but. So that leads us right into what exactly our segment is. Uh, we wanted to ask you, what are the worst Ohio sports jerseys ever? Now, I we mentioned the crew and the um, the FCC jerseys this year, but I thought you brought up one of the very good ones, uh, the 2012 tourney when Adidas brought out all those mm. jerseys. Cincinnati had this it was like orange. neon red that but almost looked, looked, looked orange, like orange where they brought it into the tournament. It was the one year they made it to the second weekend, but it was just the grossest that was the Ohio, ever. yeah because that was the highest state uh, uc sweet yeah. 16 game that was a fun game that was a good game yeah um, it had that weird you had that weird like kind of charcoal black with the, with the mm, neon red trim orange or it looked yeah. orange as hell like it was like baylor had those well, like highlights for other tournaments before where they've given like a pack of teams like this neon crap and it's 
That's awful. awful. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, Even Nike dabbled in that with Michigan State a little bit, and everybody oh, like, oh, dude, the hell that out of really that. Bad, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah the, the bright orange that they had yeah, onto yeah. it. Um, another one that I had was obviously just the Browns are getting new jerseys. They're kind of high schoolish looking jerseys that they have right now. I don't have one of these jerseys. I'm ready for them you to don't? switch. I do not have. Uh, they do look high schoolish because they say Brown. Like, the only thing I can think of, even when I see college teams, and some college teams do when they have like their. Uh, their name across their chest. That's like a very high school thing. Like no yeah. one else does that. The one that I saw with, that I thought was always really weird was uh, I know UMass just did it and just seeing Massachusetts. Oh yeah, really long. Yeah. It kind of went the under the armpit a little bit if they were really skinny. Um, I didn't pick a jersey. I'm just, I just hate the Dolan family. So uh, I actually wanted to bash the Indians block C hats. Um, mm. Fucking awful. They don't even have an outline around the C. Um, I'm fine. No, I mean the chief wahoo was due to go. By the way, I did buy a super racist jacket. Yeah, we were at talking. The uh, store. Zach got this awesome uh, Cleveland Indians jacket at the uh, what was it? An, an antique, antique store. store. Yeah, and it not only has the chief wahoo logo on the from back, the old 1940s. It has the super racist, racist chief Yahoo uh, uh, wahoo. <laughs> woof, chief wahoo logo on go. it. Yahoo. Yahoo. Uh, no, it is. But I, I mean, I am fine with them getting because they need to. But anyway, but I just think the C block hat looks. Um, anybody who played in like a poor small town like I did, like our rec leagues, everybody had just like plain shirts with block letters and blocks. That's, that's what yeah, reminds it reminds me of. It was like really cheap hats. They were like, uh, like there's they need to have had a bunch of iterations of C's. Like they had like the old curly QC from like yeah. the 1900s. Oh, yeah. They could have they had back the little to. like uh, like. The, Almost right angle C. Right, the native, you know, kind of Indian C, but it was just a C with like a little zest to it. Um, but yeah, it's you're just right. Boring it's like as hell. The, um, you know, when you play in the fall ball leagues or whatever, and then right. you, you get the t shirts that just say like baseball in black letters. <laughs> or it's just like, <laughs> it says like Titans on it, but it's just like the, yeah. the stick on Titans, and yeah. then you just have like, like the a T. A block T. That's the yeah. cheapest. Go go any good any screen printing store. The 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 block letters is like twenty five cents. Like it, yeah, it just looks like hell. They didn't even put it out. I don't know. I Here's, just wanted to bash. Uh, that. I've got I've got one for each each professional team. Whoa, uh, Josh went all out. Uh, we'll start with the Josh. Soccer. What are you uh, doing being prepared? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm being prepared for segments. I know. Uh, FC Cincinnati's 2020 home primary kit is god awful. It's so bad. Uh, what is that? We'll have to tweet that out. It's the one that they have right now. The, oh, okay. Yeah, the one that just I have the I have the entire list up here. Uh, I would love to put it on Twitter. And by the way, we keep saying we're going to post stuff on Twitter, and we don't like nothing. Like, there, there's multiple we're things. To you guys, but that, still like, follow us at Thirty Rad Podcast. <laughs> we'll do better. We, we will. Uh, we'll put all of these on here. I'll I'll run down my list here. You got okay. yeah the FC Cincinnati from this year. Uh, Columbus Crew, 1999. Their uh, their white jerseys from that year were white with yellow stripes, but the stripes were had a trim that were also white, and then the pants only on one side on one pant uh, had the stripes. <laughs> the other pant leg did not have the stripes. It instead had a giant Snickers logo, um, and the oh. Snickers logo was also <laughs> on the back of the jersey. Um, Wait, so when was this? This was 1999. I gotta look these up real quick. 1999, 1999 crew jersey. Crew kit. The, uh, yeah, it was the white kit. Uh, it had yellow stripes on the top of the jersey, um, on both sides, and then the stripes continued onto the pants, but only on one side. 
And then the other pant leg just had a big brown Snickers block on it. Uh, uh, he says the white. Yikes. Yikes. Yikes yeah. bikes. So that was 1999. Uh, the Browns original alternate orange jersey, uh, I just Ooh. thought was really boring. A uh, weird shade of brown or orange, excuse me. Uh, those are going for 70 bucks. By yeah, the way. yeah, those are cheap because they're not that great. Um, it's orange with orange stripes, uh, you know. Uh, I actually like the current Cleveland ones. I like the use of Cleveland. Really? That's lame. Greg just brought out a jersey. So I'm going like, back to the crew real quick. I know one of them that where, people where, talk where about. Where do I find these crew? I want to find It sounds fucking brutal. You can I probably just I typed up. it in on Google. It's not here, coming up. Here, here you go. I, I, I got you here. Jesus. But one of the. Uh, oh, okay. I found it, but I can't, I can't see the back. You said, oh, the Snickers is on the sleeve. Yeah, on the sleeve. And then Ooh, it's on the back. Oh, yeah. Too, those are ugly. You see the stripes okay. continue only on one side uh, for some reason. I know one of the ones, one uh, of the alternate jerseys that people dislike that I actually love that I have a jersey of is. They did a Columbus flag kind of iteration. That was cool. Yeah. Where they had the light blue. Those were those were cool. Hey, oh, yeah. he's got it. He's, he's got, got the, it. He's got right the uh, the uh, goalkeeper. Is that a goalkeeper? No, yeah, it's, it's just, just a long sleeve. sleeve. Just, one. They used to have long sleeve jerseys since wish Adidas. Could, since Adidas came over, they got rid of Wait, all of the long what, sleeves. What, and what, uh, cool. Who was making? Who's producing those? That's Adidas. Yeah, but I think since Adidas took over for everyone, they kind of they just they just discontinued long sleeve jerseys. Why? Because it's Adidas. God, Adidas suck. Why does anybody work with them? On uh, my last couple, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets original uh, primary white. Uh, really? You didn't I, like those? I they were kind of weird. They, yeah, I always thought. I never got the logo. Yeah, the I always thought the logo was, was weird. super weird. Like it was very like 90s Vegas Because I used to have one of those and I used to think like I remember holding it up and trying to figure out what the logo meant. Yeah. It was a very weird like logo. Kid drew I like the circle with the, uh, the blue. Yeah, the, the yeah, much nicer now. Cool. Yeah, I um, think the ones yeah. that they have, oh, the ones that they have now, honestly, with the cannon on it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. Those, those are fresh. Those are sweet. Um, yeah. I will say, early with them, yeah, there was just a lot going on. <laughs> there was just like the star and the yeah. Well, and then they the were the blue thing, jackets, and then they were like, "We should wear more red. Let's wear more red all the time." It was like white jerseys with the red sense. logo, red yeah. pants. Yeah, and um, the weirdest thing about them is the the like. B mascot that they have that's like green that's supposed to sort of be like a yellow always, jacket I've for the blue jacket. Said they should uh they should have like an old union soldier but with like his head half blown off or something like to represent no okay well they i know they do have one of the cool things that they have at the games if you haven't been <laughs> very historically accurate kids would be like ah! <laughs> like when they that saw would be a cool like with the skull on the side with the skull and then like kids would they would learn about the civil war well, I know the they revolutionary do. Revolutionary. They, they, oh my goodness. They, I know. Whatever. They do have the uh, in the one corner. They have the cannon with the with the Union shol- soldiers that yeah. stand there when they fire the cannon and everything. You get you get a picture in front of it. It's pretty cool. Uh, my last two, my Cincinnati teams, uh, the Reds, all camouflage jerseys. I'm not talking about the ones. I'm talking about the ones that are camo, and then everybody. This, yeah, but everyone has different versions of it and the reds have done different versions of it i liked it when the reds had the camo ones but just kept the normal logos and normal red stitching you know who has the dopest camo I san diego san Padres diego's are has cool their, they have the i don't like it when camo jerseys do camo mm. and then camo numbers On or the black logo. numbers or yeah. green logos and then change the logo Baseball, colors they, well the other one was the players just for every team uh, the players weekend this year awful. where they were oh, all they, white or all the black the players uniforms bad. have all the players weekend i love the idea i love the nicknames 
uniforms suck. I thought the first year. I never year, wanted to buy it. No, the first those year were they not did cool. it were cool. This no, year was no, awful. No, no, no. They were awful the first year. Yeah, because they were like blue with red. And then the other thing is, I didn't for like all the, the white year. teams, they didn't have the foresight to realize for the pitchers. <laughs> So the pitchers had to wear the black caps instead. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The players' weekend uniforms have always sucked, in my opinion. I didn't like the whole. Like, I got why they did it with like the sleeves and the you know the blue sleeve. Like for the Indians, it was blue sleeves with the red. T- um, I got it. I didn't like them. Though. Like I never went to buy one. Uh, my last one is the Bengals primary whites. Uh, not the color rush whites. Uh, those are badass. What's wrong uh, with their their regular road unis? Yeah, they're just. Uh, I like those. I they've done sharp. different versions of them recently. They keep changing, like where the orange mm. ends and the white begins. But then, like my thing with it is that the shoulders are orange, but then they continue off and along the sleeve are black. Like, mm. pick, there's just so much going on. They're so busy in the panels and the drop shadow. Honestly, I just, yeah, I just hate those. The one thing that so I will much. say, uh, as far as like least favorite Bengals uniforms, is going back. Before they had, because the tiger stripes on the on the helmets, they probably have one of the best helmets in the league. Oh yeah, the best yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But back when they used to just have bangles written on the helmet. Ooh, I got I got worse uniforms ever. Period. I just thought of it. Packers throwbacks when oh, they wear yeah. the off color gray, oh, like yeah. those brown off color pants that look like he pissed himself, and nope. then the brown helmets, and then the blue jerseys with the they, circle. They look like actual the Packers, like actual packaging. And they're awful. They, they don't match. They're brown helmets. Gray face mask. I don't even know. Like tan pants, and then blue jerseys kind with a, like with a yellow. Sur- yeah, like a beige. It's like pants. the color of Greg's wall. And then their jerseys are blue with a yellow circle, and then the number like blue numbers. Better than the Awful. bumblebees. Better than no, the bumblebees. No, no. Bumblebees are cooler. No, the they don't match. Stuff. Nothing matches. Bumblebees aren't cool at all. They wear a different color helmet, different color jersey, and different color pants. Nothing matches on those uniforms. They That's look it's fucking awful. I'm posting it right now on Twitter. These are awful. You're out of your. You're out of your element. You're out of your element, Donnie. What's uh? What's what's our what's our other segment that we're doing here? Alrighty. So going back to a little bit of college basketball, as we mentioned, UC on Thursday. Had a big win over Wichita State, but not Guys. without. Oh, these are. Oh, wait, I'm not, sorry. Keep going. Not without some controversy. Um, They're pretty bad. UC, before their win versus Wichita State, did not get in to the city of Wichita till about 1 p.m. the day of game. Now, normally they get in either early that morning or the night before, but travel travel issues stranded them, and they were not able to get into Wichita till just six hours before the game so that goes to you guys what was the worst ever travel situation you guys had either work personal sports ever had to like break down a bus on the way to a tournament anything like that um i can't say sports related no i remember there was uh because marching band is a sport, Greg. You'll agree with me on this. There was one time where you and I were on the it's way not. to a competition, and there was a bunch of stuff that flew out the back of a bus onto the highway, um, and we lost a ton of equipment. Um, I can't say I've ever been that to a was sports game. Not the not the worst one that I was thinking of. I was actually thinking of we had to go to a competition in Michigan where we left at three o'clock in the morning, went to Pontiac, Michigan, performed in a competition, won said competition, and then got back home at 3 a.m. the next morning. That 24 straight horrible. hours of being on a bus and performing. I mean, you're you're an entertainment group. Um, uh, mine was a personal. Uh, I, I was in California for a while with my wife. Uh, we were going, to, we lived in um, 
northern central California. Chico. In between the Chico boy California. Um, in between the uh, mountain ranges on both sides, the Nevadas and I think that's Madres. Um, and we had to go to the coast to visit a friend. Uh, it was about four and a half hours through the mountains. And I remember we're driving pitch black after work, like Friday. It's like eight, nine o'clock at night. Pitch black. We're driving and all of a sudden we're, the, the it's all black. And then you just start seeing kind of like light and orange and red, like kind of come around. Like, and we had the windows down and it was like getting hotter and hotter. I'm like, what the hell? And then we come around this bend and everything is on flames and there's just firefighters and he's like, what is wrong with you? Like, turn the F around and all this. And, and I'm like, I because I couldn't hear him. I'm just like dead stop. Just like staring and Troy's <laughs> Hello, like, sir. go, go, go. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, turn around. And I was like, why don't you have... You know, they didn't put... It's California. They don't know what's going on out there. They didn't put signs up or anything. So we had to turn around and we debated on just because we had to basically to get there, we had to go four and a half hours back to town and then jump on a different highway, which was an additional four and a half, like five hours to get to where we were going. Um, we did that. It was awful. We didn't get in until like three in the morning. How long of a trip was that? It was a three-day weekend. It was like a Memorial Day weekend. So we were going to get there Friday night and then leave uh, Monday. And then we got in there basically Sunday, Saturday morning. It was still fun. It was just – it was – the, the, the wildfire thing because on, then on the – once we were going the other way, everything's going good. We're going through the steep mountains on these little one-lane roads. And then all of a sudden, we again, we come around a bend. Not a fire, but a rock slide had taken out the road. So the road was gone and it was all at an incline and we just went boom, boom. And then we're like on the side of this mountain driving for like 150 feet. So we hit the, the road again. And in California, there's no guardrails. No. On the mounds. People don't give a shit. I've played GTA. I know how it is. Oh, you, yeah, I mean, Grand Theft Auto, everybody knows. Um, but yeah. that was probably my worst. I was going to say, the one thing that I had with the rock slide was I remember we had to go back from um, Griffin, Georgia, which those of you that may be NASCAR fans. If Gryffindor. Any you, it's uh, right where Atlanta Motor Speedway is in Georgia. So driving up late on a uh, Friday night back from Georgia – to Ohio, ended up getting stuck. There was a rock slide between Knoxville Ugh. and the Tennessee-Kentucky border. So we had to take a four-hour detour through the mountains of Tennessee to finally get into Kentucky. Ugh. was unbelievable. Went through the city that they did some of the testing or some of the development for the Manhattan Project. It was kind of a cool little, like, was Going it? through some of those cities, but after about the first hour, I was like, "Okay, let's let's get back yeah. on the highway." I don't know how the people so getting Japan home feel about that. So getting home at like eight o'clock turned into getting home at like one thirty in the morning, and then I believe I had something going on the next day. I had to drive another hour home from the job, and then you know. that, there's nothing worse than like just dying to get to Kentucky. You know, it's a bad day when you see the sign says, welcome to Kentucky. You're like, oh, thank, thank God goodness. we're there. Because normally you're like, Jesus Christ, I can't wait to get out of here. I was uh, I was going to tell a, a weird plane story that I had from uh, going from Salt Lake to uh, San Francisco, but I've got one that I think most people listening to our show in Ohio could relate to. Um, I was driving back from Cleveland to Cincinnati and I was about in the Mansfield area. Cleveland. And I mean the beautiful 71 corridor? The beautiful 71 corridor near uh, the Mansfield area. And I tell you what, you could be driving in Mansfield. It could be like July 5th and it might snow. 
that place is known it's to weird. just yeah it just snows and i was driving back from cleveland and i was like all right this is going to be a nice four-hour drive no problem i made it to mansfield <laughs> Uh, it started snowing like you've never seen before, and then traffic just stopped. <laughs> Sat there for about two hours. Finally, single-lane traffic got through it all, and we got to this truck, and I swear to you, like, the, the front of this truck had just, like, completely burnt down. Like, disintegrated, oh just gone. There was a big hole in the middle of it, just gone. So I don't know if it exploded or what happened, but... If you've ever been sitting on 71 in Mansfield and it just starts to snow and you feel like you're just going to be stuck in Mansfield for forever, that, 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 visit Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Nice. Oh place. yeah, I've been there. That that corridor. Grandpa's is the best. The one time, the last time I tried to go through there. Speaking of Mansfield weather, that was actually it's actually Worcester, I believe. But uh, I think so. Yeah, they Worcester. had. Um, Worcester. They were closed Ash, for a couple Ashfield. weeks because Ashland. of yeah Ashland. Ashland that's what it was. Yeah. But it was uh, Grandpa's cheese barn was partially underwater, so they closed for a couple no. of weeks to figure out the flooding. So speaking of I weird went weather up in Mansfield, to Cleveland with Joe Bro, our boy Joe Bro, he drug me with him for just a day. We drove up. He had to get his car the smog check or whatever, so it was still registered up in Cuyahoga, and they do the smog checks up there. Oh, so we went up there, stayed the night. We dro- he did the smog check in the morning. We drove home, and again it's seventy one, so we're stuck in dead stop traffic again around the Mansfield area. Dead stop. Uh, August. As it is. August, 105 degrees. Homeboy doesn't have AC in his fucking minivan. Mm, mm. Oh my, I never wanted to murder somebody. I wanted to murder him. I would have gotten out and walked. It's a nice little like Amish country town uh, up there. No, I remember, the I remember we pulled into like, finally when we got to the exit, I'm like, I need a cigarette, pull into the gas station. We pulled in the gas station and we're He's trying to pull into the spot, and all these like little kids get out of this van, and he's just with he forgot the windows were down, and he was just like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking Disneyland. Get your whore children out of the street. And this lady just like stared at him. Was um, she Amish? No, she was not. She was trashy though. So look, as someone that used to drive through Amish country to get to work every day, I'm from Amish country. Yeah, guy. I'm, not, I'm not knocking I'm the from. Amish, they're a big part of the. The Ohio, Ohio lexicon. Ohio, the Ohio lexicon. I'm from exactly. Amish. Hocking Hills is a lot of Amish people. What are we doing now? We're talking beer here on Thirty we had Rack a different of cool, I thought we had a different music for the beer. Uh, well, we're just you know Reese. telling telling people like, hi, you're listening to Thirty Rack of Sports. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm doing Greg's job right now. Thank he's, goodness. He's Greg. Two two is to my left. His right. <laughs> And then to his left and my right is Zach, and this is 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, and you can follow us on social media at 30 Rack Podcast. And our beer of the week is Spoiled Brat by Sibling Revelry Brewery. Brewing. Brewing. It's a sour IPA, as always, I spilled it. You always got to be careful because with craft breweries, you're like, you've got the name and some of them are brewery right. or brewing, brewing or brewing co brew house brew house brew, house, brew pub brew tap, pub room. And tap room yep so now this is very good um i really i really do like the des- that's my favorite part of it's such a sum- the mic. it's such a summary uh, design i like all the designs of the cans we've had though i i think that's actually my favorite part is when you go to um like a party source or a big uh you know, Jungle Gym's a big brew emporium. I think um, it's fun just to kind of look at the different cans and the names. Yeah, you find some designs. really great names and can't, yeah. I know uh, Sibling Revelry has, has quite a few 
cool ones. I know Channing Fry, former Cavs player, they had a Fry PA, <laughs> which was pretty cool. So yeah, it's That's just hilarious. great to kind of wander through. Funny. And I think if you're one of those small breweries, you you have to step up yeah, your, yeah. your can and your name game because that's yeah. something to say. You know, you don't always get the taste I of the beer. I bought many so. a beers just based on the name. Yeah, and, and, cool and you think, wow, this can's pretty cool. So that's one of the bright blue color, the bright baby blue color kind of drew with, my eye to it. Hops, and I said, with the hops in the background. Whoa, spoiled brat. And then you look, oh. sour IPA. I would have liked to seen like a crying kid. I'm loving, here, I'm loving that they're, I think I'm understanding this. I'm loving that their logo is like a jack. Like like when you're playing like the, the dice talk- and jacks thing. Like about? this Wait. guy right here. Oh. And then right yeah. here. Yeah. What are you think, getting from that? Well, because you'd always, you know, play play that game like with your siblings and everything back in the day. I mean, I mean, I I forgot Josh is 75 years old. I, I didn't I didn't, <laughs> I didn't play jacks, but yeah. I gotta go visit my brother in the home after this, so <laughs> but I, I am Joshy boy. I am just reading this uh it says uh, their logo is for family, or their logo, their slogan is for family, for fun, and then it gives this, the definition of sibling revelry. Uh, people related by a common tie, celebrating with lively and noisy festivities, parentheses, often involving alcohol. Sounds like us. Sounds like 30 I, yeah, Rack sounds of like Sports. Sounds like 30 Rack of Sports to me. Exactly. So, so 30 Rack of Sports. 30 Rack? Sibling revelry. <laughs> yeah, that's... Um... It's very good, though. I, do, I really do like this. This is definitely one I will, I will go buy my own. Once again, if you have any suggestions, honestly, if you have any beers that you love or you absolutely hate and you want us to try and like yeah. try to finish two cans on again, the air, please send in. I would love to we're not that. We're not pre-testing these, so our reactions are dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, they're real time. All right. Should I cue uh, yeah, you up hit, for some more headlines here? Hit that, hit that news muse. News Muse. Bum, 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 bum. All right, moving into national news, we start off in the new XFL. The XFL got started on Saturday. Two big games going on with DC Defenders beating the Seattle Dragons 31 19. Cardale for DC was 16 for 26 with 291 yards and two touchdowns. And then in the nightcap, Houston defeated the LA Wildcats 37 to 17. Philip Walker 23 for 39, 272 yards and four touchdowns. Going into the year, uh, Los Angeles along with Tampa who also lost in the early Sunday game were the best odds to win the championship at 5 to 1 with Seattle, my squad, having the worst odds at 10 to 1 to win the XFL championship. In the trade deadline in the NBA, the big trade the T-Wolves trade Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first-rounder and a uh, 2021 second-rounder, two Golden State Warriors for former Buckeye D'Angelo Williams. Hey. Or D'Angelo Russell, I'm sorry. Yeah. Former UC Bearcat Jacob Evans and former Villanova Wildcat Omari Spellman. Uh, another trade going on in the MLB this time. Mookie Betts traded from the Red Sox to the Dodgers, the former AL MVP was sent uh, along with David Price and Cash to the Dodgers. Uh, the Red Sox got Alex Verdugo from the Dodgers along with uh, Brewstar Gratterall from the Twins. Twins got Kenta, Ma- Kenta Maeda, the starting pitcher, from the Dodgers. Uh, this possibly held up with the Gratterall failed physical, but still some discussions between the three teams. Uh, trade has not been finalized, but 
should be within the next couple of days. Going to the UFC side of things, John Bones Jones uh, defeats Dominic Reyes by unanimous decision to keep his light heavyweight title uh, in Uf- UFC 247. Uh, Jones is the winningest fighter all time in UFC title bouts with 14 wins, although this was the first time he was outstruck by the opponent. Guys, looking over at all these national news today, uh, obviously the biggest one, the XFL starting. Yeah, the the XFL starting this weekend I think is the biggest thing um, that we need to talk about. We've also got uh, a couple of trades that you said that we'll also get to. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. I think uh, first off, I mean, you know, obviously we have the XFL going on right now. We have uh, St. Louis and Dallas. St. Louis and Dallas going on behind us. But through the first three games, uh, you know, some different some different rules, obviously, with the kickoffs and the extra points, uh, a little bit quicker play, some different stuff kind of going on. What are your guys' thoughts through the, I guess, the first three games of the XFL season? Anything really jump out to you, Zach? Um, I know you said the crowds, really. The energy. I like the energy of the games. Yeah, yeah. I think the crowd is. Uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, You're welcome. Josh has been jacked about using this board. Um, no, I, 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 you know, I get a little different feeling um, from this and the previous uh, iterations of some of these leagues and the previous iteration of the XFL. Um, obviously, we all know about the money involved, but yeah, I think that honestly, in the product on the field has been pretty, really good. I mean, it's you said you nice get a feeling, up. and I don't know, so, sometimes I get a feeling that I never, ever, ever had before. Sometimes <laughs> I get a good feeling. And plays like that that we just saw yeah, there. Yeah, that's a nice. I mean, that's yeah, we're going to get a, a flag on this, I think. We are recording Sunday afternoon, so we're watching the last of the four games. But really, I think you've seen a lot of different things. Uh, the weirdest thing is when they, they, they kicked off. Like, mm. I had seen it on paper. I hadn't seen it, like, actually play yeah. out before. I love it. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely safer. I Safer, but, it, but it's about bringing more kicks out still. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. the seen, thing. I mean, you haven't seen too many kicks. You know, a lot of them go around the 25, but I know the first kick in the Guardian in the New York Guardians uh, Tampa Bay Vipers game, the Guardians brought, brought the kick out past midfield, so there's still a chance for some, right. some big returns. No more coughing kicks on the punts. You can't yeah. do that anymore. Um, I thought the one thing that – sort of interested me was just kind of the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I saw, especially with uh, DC, you know, they're calling in those plays, um, getting to the line and getting things snapped, as as well as the transparency. You know, hearing the play I mean, calls, you you know, when you're listening, you get to hear the coach talking, right. as well as hearing the uh, replay referee talk. I That's know what in, I was the, in mention, the earlier yeah, game, yeah. Yeah. we had the replay ref, you know, talk about there was a uh, fumble that was returned, and they were talking to the replay ref, and he said, look, he only got one foot down. Then he got knocked. The ball came out. That's not, you know, not well, two it, feet, so we're going to, we're gonna, you know, uh, turn it back. And then the ref goes, okay, well, what was it? You know, what was the down and distance beforehand? So they kind of reset me for everything, and it gives you a chance to kind of very see what the, yeah, see what what the ref's talking about. It's kind of cool because they do a split screen, so you kind of see the ref on the field, and then you see the ref. Uh, the, the replay yeah. ref in the booth and you can see his monitor and he actually like a, it's like an Xbox controller kind of jumps between these different views but yeah he, he's, he's, he's telling can, they're talking you can see exactly what he's yeah. doing yeah you can see what the communication is and that's yeah. one of my things about NFL reviews you have no idea what like, they talked about what their Who thought made process that decision? Yeah. yeah and with the XFL it's great and the AAF did this too but I think the XFL is even doing it better 
is that you can, I mean, we literally saw an official, uh, the replay official stop the game right. in the in the earlier game today and just be like, stop, I think I saw oh, this. It's like Guardians-Vipers yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, in the Guardians-Vipers games, he's like, stop the game. I want to have another couple minutes to look at this because I think I saw something. And he ended up overturning the call and everyone was like, okay, yeah. I think it's yeah. just different enough because I was skeptical. Yeah. A little bit. Um, being a baseball guy, I was like, I don't like think encroaching. You know, like you mentioned earlier, we got just less than a, about a week and a half till pitchers and catch report. I'm jacked about that. Most people aren't. I get it, but I am. Hey, um, I'm right there I, with you, buddy. I, I know you are, Josh. I'm just questionable on what we're getting, but there's a, here's the thing I like. So far, there's enough rule changes that make it interesting and different from the NFL, but don't take away from the overall football that we know. And I like the running clock. I like the running clock. Yeah. It's it's let's go. There's a lot more up tempo. 25 second play yeah, clock. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, keeps you from getting too bored because you know a lot of people talk about it, you know, there's only 11 or 12 minutes of actual action in football during a game. I think the other right. thing that's better is so far, watching you know some of the offensive lines and whatnot, I know the AAF had special rules to try to make the, oh, offensive, the offensive line better. way better in this league. But there's decent offensive lines, so you actually get to see some decent plays. And the football is actually okay. And I think that's I one think of the things good, with honestly. the old XFL is the football was just so yeah. awful that it the actual games itself became so unwatchable right? that you had to rely on all the hijinks. I would put this product just a step below the NFL so far, and this is early, so yeah. that's the thing. You're thinking once you hit two, week two, three, four, these guys get back into game shape, that product's going to move forward. Also, what I love, they're letting people hit, man. This is old NFL. Like, they're hitting people. Um, you know, they still have the protections for the players, but th- you're not seeing these roughing the passer or targeting calls that are just slowing down the NFL and taking away. I mean, they're letting these guys play. Yeah. And- I really like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely like full speed, full go. Uh, I think you see, you definitely saw, I think yesterday more so than today, you definitely saw the different characters of the XFL. Mm-hmm. You're going to have guys, you know, that have just come out of college that were, you know, backups for the Cardale Jones types. Right, right. You know, and like him with Eli Rogers, you know, the guys that had, you know, a successful year or two in the NFL, but, you know, there's too much, too many guys ahead of them and everything, yeah. you know, like – Watching Cardell Jones hook up with Eli Rogers yesterday was fantastic. Um, but then on the flip side of that game, you had guys like Brandon Silvers, who I don't know if you saw his his pregame interview. Uh, and we can talk about the the interview processes in the XFL. I like the interview process. But he he, you could tell like dude was just nervous. Like don't talk to me right now. Like well, he was and, one of those guys that had kind of come from you know nothing. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people don't know about Brandon Silvers, but he was the Troy quarterback when they upset LSU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a like a third string quarterback that got passed over. I believe he uh, he was behind. Mettenberger and uh, Christian Hackenberg, they both got benched for him. He what came in. Johnny yeah. Manziel <laughs> came in ahead of him, if you want an even better group. Ooh. He got knocked out, and then Silvers was able to lead the team to a one-and-one record. So he's a guy that's kind of started from the absolute bottom, you know, even yeah. the bottom of the AAF, and has worked his way into being a starter in this league. And the other interesting thing is, you know, I think Steve Levy brought it up. A lot of these guys, you know, the difference between the 40 – you know, 40 to 53 person of the roster in the top guys in this league is a pretty fine line. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then also some of these guys, you know, that maybe only had a year or two on a roster, sometimes you need developments. Like they were mm-hmm. talking about Cardale. He'd only, this was only his 12th start 
since oh, yeah, high school. He needs some development. I know yeah. there was a guy who played, I believe, for um, Tampa Bay who said this was like 830 days since the last time he started a football game. And it was right. just it's just unbelievable to see, you know, some extra guys get a chance because there are so many guys that, you know, you see, especially in uh, you know, baseball or even mm-hmm. basketball, they'll go down to the G League or they'll go to, you know, Triple overseas. A. Yeah, yeah. And they'll kind of figure, even in baseball, you go to Japan for a couple of years, like you, uh, like or, an Eric Thames. Or fall ball down in the Dominican. Yeah, or, and you'll yeah. kind of figure it out and be able to work your way back up. So I think having a second football league is so important for these guys to be able to kind of, hey, figure things out, maybe get yeah. a little bit more experience, figure out the pro game a little bit more. And, and you know. I'm always skeptical of these leagues. I, I'm all in. I bought in. I'm all in. DC yeah. Defenders for Life. Uh, that's my team. I'm all in. Um, Guardians. You know, here's my only thing. Guardians. What are you talking we talked about? To, uh, Guardians. Here's my only thing that pisses me off, and we talked about this before. There needs to be a team in Colum- Columbus. I, I have it set up for you, XFL. Pick. Here's the thing. They showed the map before this game. There's a the big Midwest. There's a big Midwest. Here's the thing. Besides Texas, they have two teams. That seems fair. Yeah. Ohio is the next biggest football state in the entire country you got a perfect city to put a team right you don't want to shut the hell up columbus <laughs> ohio though no there's I, no, no I'm professional not, team yeah. it's a million people it's a huge market i but mean for the midwest you put also, them there you have so many cities within an hour and a half and then you put a team in yeah. vegas there you go you got 10 teams that's enough josh if i set. if i said if you like yesterday i know you weren't working if i said hey do you want to go to the Columbus, whatever the hell's? The yeah. Columbus, I don't even know. Columbus uh, Buckeyes. Columbus Steel game. Yeah. Would you, do you want to go to that game? Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Go to that game. That's my Absolutely. point. And they could play at the old crew. Crew's moving downtown, right? Yeah. So they could play at the old crew stadium. They can do whatever they want with or that. Hell, at the fair or hell, people, or the, I heard yeah. people on uh, the FC Cincinnati subreddit talking about how, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Cincinnati could have an XFL team too and they could play in the FC Cincinnati stadium? Nah, I think that's Columbus a, well, makes no, sense. To, to, to your point is they that could you play have in the new stadium. Like, it's look, fine. look, like, you have, you have all these people that want to, like, no city needs four or five stadiums in it. Like, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I am the biggest supporter of the West End Stadium in Cincinnati, mm. but it still, I think, is ridiculous that we have an arena. Uh, and a then shitty three, arena. They need to do something. A with terrible the arena. arena and three they other stadiums. NCAA. That's a whole other so, thing. So but. my thing is, is if you can, you can partner these things up with like an XFL stadium and an MLS stadium. You know, use those like mid league, those mid tier leagues that we have in America right now, and use that to work together because yeah. those things are thriving right hey, now. And if you work together hey Vince, on that, Vince. Expansion, two teams, put a team in Vegas, put a team in Columbus. Come that, on, guy. That's the thing. There are so many of these different, you know, leagues. I'm gonna that, tweet at the XFL that you could right get now. if you if you have the West End Stadium or the New Crew Stadium, that XFL team, maybe get, you know, whatever, the Pro Lacrosse League or whatever, they go to different cities, get them to go for a week or something like that. There's yeah. so much that you could do for a city with those stadiums. And I think having an XFL team would be great because I know DC United Stadium that was just built. Um, I believe it's Audi yeah, Stadium Audi, or Audi uh, Field. Yeah. They just that, that's where the DC Defenders played. And one, you know, the stadium's not huge; it's like twenty thousand, but it was packed with with people. And that's always cool to see a packed stadium, especially for you know an XFL game. And I think they already said, you know, before yesterday, the XFL had already surpassed the AAF in ticket sales. So it's yeah. something that should be around. And you know, 
why not have Ohio have a little slice of it? Because people will certainly show up. Well, and it's it, that's why I really, really love um, like I just love Audi Field. I think it's like in that perfect like little entertainment district. You know, it's a couple blocks from Nationals Park. You know, you know, use those things in like you know you have MLS wanting to build all these soccer specific stadiums and you know the urban cores of cities and everything the xfl you know use those like lower level stadiums you know work together create partnerships on this i think that's how you grow the league well yeah it's one of those things that you look at like the crew right now is they have their stadium you know way out of the city you know in the fairgrounds and there's not really any bars to go but if you're down you know in the arena district people are at you know brewing company a bar say Hey, let's make a day of it. Let's go to the brewery. Let's have a couple drinks. Let's go to the game, or let's go to the game. Let's go to the brewery, have dinner, have a couple drinks. And I, and I think I think we, as three uh, Midwestern millennials that do a podcast, can tell you that like that's 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 where the market is. Yeah. So many so many new leagues that come about now want to want to go about things in the old way, like the AAF. Uh, you know, and, and they're what they were trying to do. They want to do it the old way and put these teams in gigantic stadiums and everything. No. And that's just not Chris, how it is now. That's my point. Columbus has a perfect setup. Exactly. There's no professional team. Yes, in a way there is. The Buckeyes are a whole different level of college football. They're like Alabama. They don't need it, you know. But I'm promising you this, XFL, if you're listening, and I'm tweeting at you right now and telling you 30 Rack is your number one XFL podcast in Ohio. We know the market. Ohio is the best football state in the country. If there's a team in Columbus playing crew same, which holds like 30,000, right? About 30,000, 40,000. What? This uh, the Cur- Manfred or Monfrey? Ma- no, it's like 20 something thousand. Mm, I think it's like 24. Okay. Well, then they'll definitely sell that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not looking for like huge crowds. I, that's why. That's why I like what MLS does is building these soccer specific stadiums, and that's why I hated what the AAF did in trying to put 20, teams 000. in these 20, crazy 20, huge 20. stadiums. Well, that's good enough for U.S. Men's National Soccer like, Team don't games. That's good yeah. enough for this for now. Don't You'd be sell that out in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I mean, talking with the XFL, the XFL is basically like renting the TV time from stations right now. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That isn't not. like some hard contract like you have with the NFL or MLB or Everybody's something. paying their own costs on their end. Nobody's, yeah. Right. And so at a certain point, you have to get your, from a business standpoint, you have to get yourself out of that year-to-year payment thing. You have to look at the longevity of this at some point. That's- I think XFL is great right now to where you can go for a couple years. But at a certain point, you have to make the business move of getting the expansion, I- getting the TV deals, being in the right stadiums right. in the right locations, I think ten with the teams right makes sense. In my opinion, the fact I, yeah. I think it's utterly, and this is where I think all these leagues have gone wrong. There's not a team in Ohio. You focus on te- the top two football states. Look at it, people. From viewership, the Bengals and Browns sell out their season tickets, and they are fucking awful. We have Don't the, you dare. I'll we have the professional. We have the NFL Hall of Fame here. You have. We do. I'm just saying, this is a football state through and through. Football crazy. Crazy. That's my point. This us in Texas. That's it. You put a team in Columbus, and I'm just saying Columbus. You could put them in Cleveland or Cincinnati. But I'm saying Columbus makes sense because there's it's a huge city. 
and it's with no professional yeah with and, and that's central. one of the things for those for those cities like you look at the jackets why it's so nice that they're in hot is you know maybe there's not a whole lot of hockey fandom over the course of the state but they having do the well centralized people area, go to that well that's what i mean is i know um you know my family has a 10 game yeah you know package package to the point yeah. where you go for the weekends and so many people would come to the games for a saturday here's my or Sunday point there's game. not a lot going on in ohio from uh october till uh may so yeah people die for sports during this time just something to do so yeah i think uh, i i'm all in on the xfl and i hope we get a little more expansion hopefully get a team you know here Alrighty, from the xfl to uh the mlb the big trade the, the honestly the trade of the year so far mookie bets to the dodgers in a three-team trade the dodgers as we said get uh, Mookie Betts take on David Price's That's contract and get cash. Uh, the Red Sox get Verdugo and Broodstar Gratterall, and the Twins get Kenta Maeda. That's possibly not- held up by Gratterall's failed physical, but still a possibility. But just looking at the overview of this trade, Zach, mm-hmm. I mean, do you think it's good to have one of the – I mean, the Red Sox have to be one of the faces of baseball – is it good for baseball to have one of the faces of baseball have to trade away a player because they can't pay him? I mean, um, one of the teams that's consistently had one of the highest payrolls in baseball. I mean, here's my thing. I, I understand, and I get what your point is. Yeah, it's um, when I saw the trade results, it, it's interesting. You know, the the Red Sox are usually a team buying players, bringing people in, spending right. money. Um. Teams are getting smarter now. Me and Josh were kind of talking about that earlier. Um, I think this luxury tax is really taking a toll. Besides the, the the Dodgers organization, which you know Magic Johnson owns, and they have a large ownership group with a yeah, large they have like pool six of money. Or seven. Yeah, and it's like a lot of money compared to these other ownership, even the Yankees. You know. Um, I think it's hurting a lot of teams. And you or gotta, the poor Cubs owners, the Ricketts family. Oh, no. First of all, we we all agree that these teams could all spend more money, at least the Indians and some of these lower market teams. But um, God, I keep it. Josh, I'm not getting used to this microphone over here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, um, I'll train you later. Geez. Anyway, back to Greg's point. No, I, it is weird, and it's a little bit disconcerting. But here's the thing you got to remember. The Red Sox mark or uh, – farm system they got nothing right so the ownership wants to get below this this tax threshold um you know henry and all of them want to get below that because it's it's killing them they've been above it for the last like five six years that that takes your toll um and and that you know dombrowski does what he always does well dombrowski's gone i know in this, they're cleaning up what he did. Is my point. He did the same thing in Detroit, where you have a deep, solid farm system, and Dombrowski is great getting you to the World Series, or in his case, winning it with some cheating, maybe. But anyway, they, you know, he's gonna completely gut your farm system. You're gonna get a ring, or maybe at least a pennant in the Tigers instance, and then you fire him. 
Because they don't have they, their farm system is probably 29th or 30th in all of baseball. It's awful. But the the big problem that I have with that is you trade for a guy like Verduga, who's only two years younger than Mookie Betts, and what you hope at best that he's an MVP candidate. Oh wait, they already had they an MVP. They want to get below. The, they want to get below. The, they should the be able to pay. Social. They're one of the top teams I know, in the league. I agree, but all these teams want to get. Except the Dodgers are all in because they've been fucked. So many times the last decade, they just want a fucking. Ring. I think this is bad for the league having all these teams because then, yeah, you, then I, the Dodgers are just going to get everybody. I, I mean, think I'm not disagreeing. When you have five or seven or ten teams that are spending money, then all the best players kind of are spread out above the top ten teams. So even teams like the Indians and the Reds that may not have the kind of cash right. flow still can build up their farm system. I mean, I, but I think if you have a team like the Red Sox that are refusing to spend money. And like the Cubs that are considering to also possibly trade an MVP candidate in Chris Bryant, you just it's a bad spot for the league because when you're trading MVP candidates, I mean, in what other league are you trading MVPs for pennies on oh, the dollar? I, agree. I mean, Alex Verdugo is not Mookie Betts. No. He, at, at top, he might be an okay. Mm, no, I agree. He's not because the Indians five years ago were looking at Alex Verdugo, who was in high, you know, double A, triple A at that point. He's not really panning out. And granted, that they didn't have a lot of room for him in LA because they have a very full outfield, but. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially with Mets I don't now. think he's. Yeah. Well, I don't think he is what people thought. And I think other people got wise to that. No, I agree. It is bad. And like me, I, I've said multiple times. They don't need a salary cap in baseball because I think the tax is doing enough. It's a soft cap, basically. What they need is a salary floor. And I think you're going to see a salary floor. It's like $120 million. Every team should at least be able to spend $120 million on a payroll. Yeah. I totally agree with that, and there's no reason they shouldn't. Yeah, it's it's a farce in baseball when you have, at times, you have players making more than the entire active. I mean, I remember, you know, it was 10 years ago, but it's still almost something that happens now when you had A-Rod making more money than the entire Marlins. Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, or Mar- Tampa, yeah, it was the Marlins. Which, yeah. yeah, it was the Marlins. The Florida teams, day roster. they need to move those fucking teams. No one supports them in Florida. They've got too much going. To Montreal? For half the season? One, I don't even want to get into that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, Greg. I mean, Josh, if you want to jump in here, we were kind of, kind of talking around you, but I, I totally agree. I think salary floor, there's a soft cap. Everybody needs to spend an X but, amount of money. Yeah, I mean, Josh, I, you can agree with Zach to, you know, to whatever degree you want to, even though, it, you know, most of the time he's wrong. But... <laughs> Do you think it's good? And, I, you know, obviously Zach's probably the biggest baseball fan here. I, I like baseball. It's probably my third favorite sport, and obviously you're a big baseball fan. Do you think it's good to have a sport like this trading MVPs? I mean, obviously, you know, in, I, I'm basketball is my favorite sport. Having MVPs move the teams and make super teams <coughs> made the league just worse. Yeah. So – do you think it's good to have teams like the Red Sox that are, you know, normally spending all the money – throw MVP players away for pennies on the dollar? Um, I don't think it's great for baseball. Um, there's 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 nothing right now that is, like, too good for baseball. The baseball I mean, the like, average fan is twice Zach's age, and Zach's already, like, 90 years old. Oh. Right. So I think I think it hurts. That This is why I think there should be a salary cap is because – you, you want you want baseball talks about all the time about how we want to bring young people in. We want to keep young people invested in the sport, and no one's going to do that if your young superstars are bouncing around 
all over the place. Like this or they're is why, in one market. Or they're in one market, yeah. I mean, this is why, like, I've fallen out of so much, uh, you know, I was never a big NBA guy to start with, but, like, I rag on the NBA all the time so for, I, yeah. for the amount of super teams that there are and how the past basically decade has been the same playoffs over and over yeah, and over and again. It's like, do you want to buy a – you know, whoever in the NBA jersey, because maybe, you know, if you want to buy a right. Giannis jersey, maybe yeah. he'll move in two years. And that's also the thing, you know, kids two years ago probably wanted their Chris Bryant and their Mookie Betts jerseys. And right. now Betts is probably well, gone and Bryant might be gone as well. I mean, I think. And you, if you're an Indians fan, right. you wanted a Lindor jersey, he might be gone. And Lindor I, is a great investment. And it sucks. And I think if you force these teams to spend more money, and maybe made the cap a little harder. The I mean, Indians would be in the mi- Here's what I, I mean, like no about the NBA. No I like the NBA's max contract idea cuz that allows these mid-market teams to stay in the hunt. You know, or baseball it's a free for all. The Indians yeah. are never going to be able to offer Lindor 10 years 500 million fucking dollars. Like that's yeah. just not going to happen. The, the NBA does have the But if they had a cash max in contract, more, you, well, they have the max contract, but that kind of hamstrings you to a degree because you have the max contract where you can offer more per player, but then you have a John Wall situation where you offer him the super max, yeah, and he's making forty percent of your cap, and he's out for two years, and then you basically right. have. I mean, there's a downside. No to money all. to people you know. are gonna get paid. I just I think that allows the mid market teams to keep some of these players. Um, but yeah, jumping on Josh is. I mean, me and Josh are kind of the baseball guys here. It's kind of funny. I think football is all our number two sport here. I mean, my my thing is, it just goes back to it. It's all coming into one. That's why I like football. This is exactly. It's all kind of, that's just where sports are right now. It's you don't keep guys. But football's not. That's why the NFL does well. Because look at Aaron Rodgers. He would not normally stay in Green Bay. But because of the salary cap, the way they structure contracts, every team really has a, you're more than likely to keep your stars if you really want them. Well, and that's why, that's the reason I want to keep the salary cap is because like, we look at guys like, you know, Manny Machado. Who got this crazy deal? And I mean, I think like, the Harper deal, thirteen years. Jim. And and yeah, we look at you know the Bryce Harper deal and everything, and these guys that are getting hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Ridiculous. And and then they really, you know, are they really that great? You know, like I mean, uh, Manny Machado, uh, two fifty six average, uh, three thirty four ob on base percentage. His OPS was seven ninety six. I mean, that's good. I'm not. Machado I'm not knocking. Good I'm years. not knocking that at all. Yeah. But I'm not saying that this guy deserves this insane contract that well, Josh, he got. I think that's why we were talking about last week. Like when Lindor threw out five hundred million, we're like, well, based on what those two guys got, exactly. That's not insane because Lindor it's, is a superstar. Well, but I think it, the one thing that's different, really, about baseball compared to some of the other sports is you look at. You know who's the best player in baseball? I, I don't Mike think Trout, I was going right to say now. I don't think anyone would really argue with Mike Trout. Be Mike Trout didn't win a playoff series this decade. Yeah, and he it's probably because, won't. Well, and it's because he's you know and he's getting paid the most, but he's in he's, he's with not the getting Angels. paid the most now. He was. or he at least has the biggest no, contract. He, yeah, he has because he's the four thirty yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's got the the biggest contract. Well, no, I, he might be you're right. I, I don't know about the exact like like when you get when you're but, giving yeah. these guys these insane contracts. It's just like, well, yeah, anybody's going to be like, well, if this team won't give me a hundred million, I'm I'll all, go ask the but, rest of the league for four hundred million. But the other thing is, it, going back on my point is, if you sign, you know, LeBron, aside of when he gets hurt a lot, you're going to be a playoff team. You know, he carried some bad Cavs teams to some 
to some oh, championships. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had you two look at, of the worst yeah, NBA Finals teams ever. You look at like uh, Aaron Rodgers when that. he's not hurt. He's dragged some pretty middling oh, yeah. Packers teams to the playoffs. Right. And it's like when you, you know, Tom Brady this year, so, I mean, some of it was the defense, but the offense was pretty bad. And that kind of got dragged to the playoffs. When you, right. in baseball, the problem is with one player, you know, only getting three to four at bats, only getting so many balls hit you at them, you, you a don't pitcher get only that. pitching one out of five days. Right. You don't exactly have someone that's as big of a difference maker, and when they're taking so much of your pot of money, it does get difficult. I mean, I think that great. That's a great point that people don't really. I didn't even really think about until you started throwing that out there. Is the unequalness of what guys are getting paid in different sports? You know, that's what the Kyler Murray, sorry, Kyler Murray situation with the A's was. Everybody saying baseball's the way to go, guy, because everything's guaranteed and they pay out. They have no salary cap, and their players make more money than any other sport. Even right. more than more than soccer, you know what I mean? They those guys make stupid fucking money. I mean they do. Yeah. Um, but like your yeah. point is in baseball, as much it's like a weird situation. It's an individual sport within a team sport. But like your point is, you get four at bats, or you, you start get every five days, or yeah. you pitch a third of an inning and I mean, every other day. If you look at a guy, I mean, probably shortstop is where the most balls get hit. Yeah. You know how many balls really get hit at Lindor per game? You know, a two, three. Well, I would say, I would I mean, say maybe, maybe like more, a handful. depending on who's pitching. Yeah, maybe like five, a six, maybe, or in that area. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an outfielder, you'll you know, if you're a center fielder, maybe you'll get you know. Up the middle, they get the most action yeah, down the line. Seven you can hide ten. people. Yeah. So you know, it's one of those things that's certainly interesting, but I think it it's not good for baseball. It, I agree, it's not. Yeah, and I because think the Dodgers, kind of a- I think, still have a chance to try to go after Lindor here soon, and then yeah, you're gonna have the two best players in the American League besides Trout, and probably all the best National League players on one team. Yeah, and two of the best pitchers. So yeah, certainly something that's difficult. Not good. All right, time to switch gears a little bit here. Mm. Breaking news: that Mookie Betts deal is through. Is it through? It's official. Yes. Sorry, oh. we just got that. Um, with really? Alex Verdugo and shortstop Jeter Downs going to the Red Sox. Ooh, what a good name for a shortstop. Jeter Downs. Sounds overrated to me already. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All righty, into our national segment. So, of course, this weekend, one of the best weekends of the year, the NBA All-Star Game and NBA the All-Star Weekend. The second best weekend. All-Star Game after the Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is the best All-Star Game. They Give don't have the that. dunk contest, but... Give us a home run derby. Oh, okay. All righty. We'll so the one, one question we have for you, and tweet at us at 30 Rack Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and soon-to-be Instagram. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, for the NBA All-Star Game, what change would you make to the Skills Nighter game? Obviously, some new changes to the Skills Night, adding some new competitions over the last couple of years. And then this year in the game, making um, the score reset after every quarter, uh, bonuses being paid out after every quarter, and then the fourth quarter, the team's playing 24, of course, for Kobe Bryant. So yeah. kicking to you first, Zach, if you had to make a change either to the skills night or the game, what change would you make? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. There's a lot you're going to do with the game. The game's a cherry-picking contest up through and through. Um, skills comp, though. I, I would really love to see uh, either a 21 competition. I think that would be awesome. Or a, uh, a knockout. 
Just some old school everybody line up and we're just gonna play some just knockout. Get, just yeah. get some like ballers. Like yeah, there's yeah. some dunkers, have them shoot from like half quarter, like <laughs> right. three quarter court, see them run around, yeah. try to shoot whatever. I truck. think that would be and I think twenty one would be awesome. I think that could get a little aggressive for team's comfort as far as like, you know what I mean? If you threw like five guys out there to play twenty one, that might get pretty uh, Yeah, heated. four and one might be kind of difficult. Yeah, but I I think either of those would be really fun. Maybe million dollar prize on the line. Yeah, I think the one kind of coming to that degree that I was talking to you, that you and I were talking about earlier, was either having a horse or, you know, maybe to make it shorter, just kind of like a pig competition. Yeah. Have it be, you know, some guys, you know, having LeBron, you know, or Steph Curry doing like, hey, do this awesome dunk. Well, hey, shoot this shot over the backboard behind your back. Just to yeah. see yeah. The, the backyard stuff. See right. the end of what these guys can do. You know, you see it some to some degree in the backyard or in the dunk contest, but also seeing like what Steph Curry does pregame, seeing what these guys do, you know, where they're shooting half court shots, you know, seeing this globetrotter stuff that these top athletes can do. I think it'd be fun. Maybe yeah. get some fans involved, do whatever, who cares? Have pig, have like a eight man bracket. I think it'd be something really cool. What about you, Josh? Um, yeah, I think the only thing I would change is like, I'm a big, like, like I hate that the MLB took away the, whoever wins the all-star game, that team gets, uh, that conference or whatever you want to call it, gets home field uh, the advantage. League, the league. Yeah, the, the league. league. Josh, the league, Jesus. excuse me. Um, I, really? Yeah, I like it when I mean, I games. liked it that they had some on the line. I was fine. I with know it, I'm in the but, minority on yeah, this. Yeah, but, but I think it was kind of in this weird area where they were using pitch, you know, it was pitchers it, it got and too, everything got yeah. a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, it didn't yeah, get quite as fun extent, as it used that's to be. Why, yeah. That's why I like the NBA game and where they kind of do like the bonuses and everything. I'm not a big fan of like by quarter, you know, like yeah. you're, you're playing a game, not not quarters of a game. You're playing a whole game. Um so I don't know. Um, and yeah, the I'd one like, thing that I would like to see maybe for the game is have like uh, the one thing that the NHL did that I think was kind of cool, but it's kind of high scoring is about, have like the divisions play each other. Maybe have divisional all star teams or have like, you know, so many all star teams have four captains, they pick teams. Yeah. And then, you know, because sometimes the all star game gets kind of, gets kind of, you know, bogged down with, you know, when it's 140 to 130. You know, after right. three quarters, have a couple of shorter games, maybe short shot clocks, and just have these guys kind of go and see the top of right. their thing and see, you know, maybe a hundred thousand to the winners and fifty thousand if you make it to the finals, and see four teams just kind of go at each other. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I agree. That'd be fun. Well, I mean, even the uh, like the NHL is doing a really good job of like like I love the NHL skills challenge. Like it's just a fun like kind of like. You know, you know, what can you hit like being in the backyard or out at your like home rink or whatever? Like, can you hit this? Can you hit that? Yeah, they like, have the, yeah. they have the weird, uh, they have the weird like, you know, sliding around trying to hit these small nets challenge. They so, have the hardest shot. They have the, you know, who's the fastest skater yeah, if you can competition. Bring, if you can bring that to, uh, to, uh, the, uh, the NBA and make it some sort of like, uh, you know, like backyard, like horse challenge. Like if you could see like Steph and LeBron being like, you know, you make this shot. No, well off the backboard and then dunk or whatever. Right. Like, you know, if you could see that kind of stuff, I think that is what fans want to see out of an all-star game. Yeah, because all I think is doing crazy stuff. Well, I think the one thing is, you know, people always get most amazed by the stuff that they couldn't in their wildest dreams, you know, imagine seeing. So Oh yeah, it's something that you know. The more crazy shots and the I just, more I just think some crazy of the dunks competition stuff is 
just boring. I just think like a 21 or knockout, like something we all yeah. used to play back in the day would be hilarious. Because it's like and, the three- and really fun to watch. I think it would be pretty competitive. The three-point shooting competition, especially when the guys I mean, kind of I off, like that. You're but, like, eh, yeah. the skills competition where you're just kind of like passing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, eh. But it's like if you could, I mean, I like the dunk competition, but having some of the, you know, 21 or stuff like that, I think I think would be very I mean, cool. I think that's why baseball, baseball used to have like a skills competition. They kind of got rid of that because it was kind of like guys taking ground balls and fucking, you know. I think kind of NBA is the same way. It's not right. like, it's like hockey. Hockey skills competition is cool to watch with the pucks and stuff. That's pretty pretty interesting but i don't know that's the decisions i would make but no one asked me so we just hurts my feelings didn't didn't we just ask you i mean you fucking did but you know league marketing's not asking me (laughs) well tell us what you guys think what changes would you make to the nba all-star game uh 30 rack podcast is our twitter our facebook and soon to be our instagram Alrighty, one more shout out to our beer of the week, Sibling Revelry Brewing, the Spoiled Brat Sour IPA. Guys, I'm going to put you on the spot here, starting with Josh. Josh, on your scale of a 30 rack, 1 to 30, what rating would you give this beer? Oh, uh, 1 to 30? 1 to a 30 rack. I was going to go 1 to 10, but that's not how we do things yeah, on 30 rack. How we do uh, I'm going to give this a... Uh, uh, a 24, you know, yeah, uh, it's, good, it's a, a very, one. it's a very good day drinking beer. I'll oh, say yeah, that. Like yeah, if yeah. I was out at night, I don't think I'd want this, but if but I was, you know, like noon out of the on tailgate, a Tuesday, noon yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> if it was 10 AM tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh Zach, what I'm about gonna, you? I'm going to put this, uh, this is number overall. I would say it's number two after that, that beach party one. So yeah. Greg picking two out in a row. I really, that, that one was just really You've had some good really summer beer good, picks. Yeah. Um, I would give it, yeah, I'd give it like a 24 or 25, yeah. Yeah, I would also say in the in the 25 range. I think the one thing is uh, I would love to drink this out on the deck, but I think I'd have about three or four of these at the 7.5% and then oh, be, yeah. you know, yeah, I was, I was myself in the pool. Water. When I was tasting this, I was like, all right, this is a nice like 4.55. And uh, I was like, oh, seven. no, it's not. Yeah, almost eight if you round up. We encourage you guys to uh, you round up from go out to your local, if you're in the Cleveland area, go out to Sibling Revelry or go to your local uh, craft beer uh, uh, purchase place to go try some spoiled brat. Be sure to give us your ranking from 1 out of 30 on 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Real quick, uh, I grazed over it earlier, my bad, uh, on the beer news, uh, Ohio Craft Beer News. Uh, was just going to recap a few what they did at uh, in Dayton last weekend yep. at the Ohio Craft Brewers uh, Conference. The um, conference. Just a big stat. Um, we went from having, in 2012, having under 50 craft breweries uh, in Ohio. We now have over 300. We have like 50 Damn. in the Cincinnati yeah. area now. Yeah. We have uh, we are brewing as a state about 1.5 million barrels of beer per year. And that is equating to about a $900 million economic impact on the state. Damn. Wow, that's almost as much beer as you drink per year, Zach. Uh, pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, focuses on the conference included, uh, you know, basic training and basic marketing and basic brewing stuff. I mean, you guys got to realize that most of these, most of those 300 breweries are under five years old. Right. So you still are like growing a small business. 
learning how to do things the best way possible. Yeah, so, learning yeah. how to, you know, brew some of these uh, crazy beers. You know, you see some of these older breweries, you know, older, quote unquote, you know, being yeah, like five years, years old, old yeah. right. you know, being able to brew some of these fun beers. So it's, it's cool to kind of have a collab of minds. And you've seen a collab from a lot of these breweries, you know, melding together to put some of their flavors well, and, and so making some really good beers. One of their other big talking points was all like, uh, you know, there are some, we talked, I know a couple shows ago about uh, some laws that are going into effect. So they want to clear up a bunch of old well, laws and news laws. Yeah, it, it didn't, but they yeah. want to clear up some, you know, stuff there and make everything, you know, more modernized now that we're in this modern age of brewing. Um, and, but then also to Greg's point, um, focusing on the different challenges that the industry is facing, such as the increased competition with the booming industry and everything. And then also um, something that like, no, I feel like no one's really talking about right now that's threatening the craft brewing industry is uh, this thing called hard seltzer. Uh, really? That's uh, threatening? Uh, I mean, yeah, when you think about it, I mean. Yeah, it's a different thing that people are drinking. I mean, it's a different eco- I alcoholic mean, thing. You know, the women drink it. You'd like, women. Think, you'd like to think that if it's but. if it's available people are going to drink it Ugh, and that's one gentlemen, of the things gentlemen that's that's a women's it's drink. one of the things that you know i remember you know i mean heck even I mean, graduating I'd, in 2017 i i you know i didn't really see a whole lot of it maybe the you know couple wine coolers but now you see you know white claws you know yeah. natural Light seltzer. And i think the natty light has yeah. the seltzer you see those all over the place now. gentlemen that that's a women's drink that's that's what that's for well and um, i i, I would have thought the bud light i i have not had it myself i don't intend to but i've heard that the bud light seltzer is actually really really good i mean i let's put it this way I don't, I don't, my wife buys a bunch of it she has a handful i will i will drink the rest of them or otherwise they sit there for hours once i run out of beer that that's appropriate for a man. Otherwise, gentlemen, if you're buying it for yourself, that's sad. Go buy yourself some craft brewery. Some, Jesus Christ, craft beer, like a man. I also drink, drink the white claws when your wife doesn't want to drink. Yeah, you do too. That's fine if the women bought them, but gentlemen, come on. Honestly, I'll drink whatever's there. But if there's me? a if there's a craft beer there. Drink that first. Support your local business. Yeah. yeah. Support your support breweries, bri- including sibling beer. revelry and their spoiled brat sour IPA. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that leaves us with uh, nothing to do but our parting takes. But complain. Um, as Zach is appropriately fired up after that hard seltzer take, uh, <laughs> we're going to get into our issues uh, as it is every week. On 30 Rack and just in Ohio sports, we have our issues, we have our angers. So we're mm-hmm. going to start off with Zach's um, So, um, you know, we've, we've covered extensively the uh, Red Sox slash Astros sign-stealing saga. And anytime some degenerate things happen in baseball, Pete Rose just Uh-oh. happens to pop his head up out of the fucking hole. Um, Petey. Uh, went ahead and filed a, a grievance with Major League Baseball to request that he be allowed into the <laughs> the Hall of Fame. Reinstated, at or least. Or reinstated, at least, uh, due to the Astros cheating. I was trying to use that as an example. And, and Pete, I'm sorry, guy. No one doubts that you're the all-time leading hitter. No one doubts this. But listen to me for a second. Um, I'm there's, listening. There's no venerable proof that... You, you, you bet on anybody other than the Reds? Cool guy. But as Johnny Bench has also stated, we all knew you couldn't bet on the game. There were signs in the clubhouse that stated as such. Everybody knew. 
Um, just because there are signs. For- okay, Josh, I am not there are done. Phys- there's a physical signs put up for speed limits too. Like anyway, once he was uh, banned from the game, Fame Vincent all the way to Bud Selig gave him multiple opportunities to be reinstated, and all they said was, "Hey, quit going to Vegas. Don't live there. Stop." doing signings in casinos. This is a bad look for the game. They gave him multiple opportunities. You know what he did? Pulled his pants down, gave him a big fuck you to the game. I'm sorry. Also, it took him, what, 16, yeah, 20 to years? It. To he even admit, admit it. it. So he what, it'll take him another 20 years to admit that he years. bet against the Reds? Because that'll All be I'm in the next 20 years. Pete, you are one of the greats. You are the hit king. No one One of the great scumbags. That. But yeah, you are kind of a scumbag. And I'm sorry, Reds fans. Get over it. I mean, here's my point. Who do I think? You got Shoeless Joe, who there's barely any proof even. Bat, batted 358 in the, in the World Series that he got caught for cheating. He took the money, but there's barely, there's no proof that he actually threw the games. Or Pete, I'm sorry. Shoeless Joe's still not in. Pete, even when you die, you're not getting it. I'm sorry. Probably when he dies, he's getting in. I mean, so probably, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with most of it. Yeah, like Pete Rose is a bit of a scumbag, and <laughs> yeah, like I'm not it's a disagreeing. Cincinnati take. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with all that, but in the context of the new conversation that we're having, it has nothing that, to do with him. N- no, but if you're going to come at it from that perspective, he that did. I, I'm not. I, yeah. Okay. None <laughs> of the Astros players have admitted to anything yet. Nor do I expect them to. Are any of them in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. No, and I don't. But but if you look at their numbers. Is Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame? Barry should be, but that's a whole Yeah, Barry has Barry, more of a case than Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Barry, yeah. Barry should be because he's the all-time. It's My thing is, is you fundamentally are being like, no, Pete Rose does not have the most hits in professional no, baseball. No, I just, I just said that, Josh. I just said, yes, you're the hit king. No one denies that. The Hall and of Fame denies it. You get in when your body is the Hall of Fame the denies it. No, they don't eat. They, they. Is it is 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 in the Hall of Fame? Does anywhere in the Hall of Fame does it say that Pete Rose is the hit king of Major League Baseball? Maybe you shouldn't it does have not. bet. Maybe you shouldn't have bet on the Reds. Yeah, my it God, does not. It, I just it don't matter. I don't understand how a guy who like didn't affect the outcome of games is banned they for life. They don't know that fully though. Exactly, but you do bet. know that for other people. And they're probably going to get in. They're not in. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're right. They're probably not going to get in. That, basically, my point was the argument is moot. It doesn't. It doesn't connect because these guys are well far and away from even being considered for the Hall of Fame. Is my point. So trying to file a grievance, dude. All you have to do is show some remorse, shut your mouth, and move out of Vegas. Yeah, That's all you have to basically, do. Basically, yeah. all it is is, hey, these guys were shitheads, so I was a shithead, so I should get in. They all wanted to put him in. They asked for two things. Quit gambling, or at least openly, and move out of Vegas. That's it. I don't want to hear it. As he hits the mic again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, All right. right. Who's, who's All right. going okay. next? Moving on to Josh's cheers. As soon as uh, <laughs> uh, Zach starts to calm down. Hang on. I got to calm down. Pete Rose, should, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, I'm jeering Adidas, as I mentioned earlier. Um, my thing with Adidas is that they've come at this whole MLS thing as a it's a celebratory thing of what makes each team unique and each team's Nothing's history. But nothing unique about Literally nothing is unique about making every team wear the exact same uniform They're all template. uniquely shitty. In their you know what would be a good way. Cincinnati unique? It should be brown and look like Skyline Chili. 
Exactly. <laughs> throw I'm going to get some Skyline after this. Throw some cheddar cheese on there. Oh. But no, I just, Adidas, and we've talked about that with like the University of Cincinnati, and they've had some other colleges in Ohio that they've representative. And like you just look at where they go to and they try, they make this claim that they try and make things unique for the team or organization or club or whoever they're representing. But then you look at it and it's just like, you can look at all the different teams that Adidas represents across the world and you can find that unique, air quote, unique thing that they've made for a team. You can find that on another team right. somewhere on in the five world. five other teams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Adidas is such like a template thing and like say what you will about Nike and like the new MLB contract and how like Nike has to have the Nike swoosh on everything. I'd much rather have a little swoosh somewhere on the uniform Nike than have my uniform unis. be the same uniform as like 10 other teams in the world. Nike makes dope unis. Yeah. They make it individual to the team. I mean, when you look at like the Korean jerseys and the, the Nigerian jerseys for their soccer teams that Nike just did, oh my God, they're some of the best jerseys that they're I've great. seen and in a long US time. And even the US jerseys are, are okay. Yeah, they're okay. At the very least, they're unique. You're not going to find another team that is wearing that same template design anywhere else That's in the world. That's what Nike does better than anybody. Adidas's though. whole like template thing, that they, their whole, why you want to do the cookie cutter template business model and then also claim that you're building these unique brands and fit seem, for these cities and it clubs. It seems you're like not. they just have the one no. template and they're like, hey, you know what? Let's throw polka dots on this. Let's <laughs> throw stripes on this. Like it's like they have like two guys in their entire design department. And it's and my thing is with the three stripes is it's just like, you know, yeah, Nike has the swoosh and it's they're gonna put the swoosh on everything. But like I'm, I'd much rather have just the swoosh put on my sheet of paper than my sheet of paper have a big three lines right. going through well, the middle of like it because that's our brand. It's not like that's Adidas doesn't aesthetic. have a logo. They can easily put the logo where the swoosh is. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's just all about you know the brand yeah. and the aesthetic and everything. It's just like, no, create unique stuff for these teams I mean, like I, they're asking. I love what Nike did with the Major League Baseball uniforms. There's not one yeah. that I think is bad at all. I mean, the Indians are boring because the Indians have that whole thing. <laughs> going on that's all the difference right um i love the brewers uniforms i'm, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. half tempted to buy a brewers jersey just because oh, those are that. fucking fire and you can't i can the team that plays at wrigley north you mean yeah okay, oh boy whatever. all right greg grumble for us all righty to my grumble my grumble is of course with the referees but these ones of course in the national basketball association friday night um the trail, the Portland Trail Blazers were playing at the Utah Jazz. Uh, it was a two-point game with under 20 seconds left. Damian Lillard, who had had 42 points so far in the game, had gone up for a layup. It went off the backboard and was swatted away by uh, Jazz center Rudy Gobert, which should be a goaltend, but it was not called a goaltend, and then there was a foul right after. They could not review it for a goaltend because it was not called on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, directly by that, the Trailblazers ended up losing that game because of that call. And it's one of those things where, you know, in the NFL, they, they say, hey, call, call fumble here. Worst case, we can review it and call it back. Because right. at, at that point, when you can't review it and call it back, then it causes issues. And it's one of those things that's cut and dry. When it, if it hits the backboard and it goes off, Mm-hmm. If you swat it away, it's a goaltend regardless. Why they can't review it or why they did not call it a goaltend on the floor so they could have at least reviewed it 
is mind-boggling to me. It's something that directly changed the game. There were 13 seconds left. If the Blazers score there, then it's a tie game, and it's one shot. Maybe they make it, maybe they miss it, and then you go into overtime. It's one of those things that just directly ruins the game, and it's just another one of those things of referees not using thought and the league not using thought. They have these new challenges where they can challenge these BS, questionable foul calls that you really can't tell unless you're on the court, but you can't review a goaltend, which is so cut and dry. I mean, you yeah, watched one yeah. review yeah, and you yeah, said, yeah. hey, that hit the backboard. He swatted it. That's a goaltend. It's easy. Oh, it is. And it yeah. changes an entire game. And for a franchise like the Blazers, they're trying to work their way back into the eight seed. It's the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs for one of these teams. Right. And it's just frustrating to have a sport that you know has had viewership go down a little bit, but have all these issues night in and night out that takes away from the game. Because Damian Lillard had an unbelievable night. I was watching a lot of that game, and he was making threes that he had no business. You know, one-footed, yeah. off his back foot, falling away, and that shot didn't go in because of an illegal play. And you took away all of the good will from that game because of a crappy play. So instead of talking about, oh, Damian Lillard hit this shot, or man, what a game, what a back-and-forth game it was, wow, this BS call, and then Damian Lillard's motherfucking the referees yeah. at the end of the game. And it takes away from the game, and it takes away from the fans, because at the end of the day, instead of talking about the greatness of the NBA, they're talking about the garbageness of the refs. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah. It was blatant. I saw yeah, it. I, I, I don't know how that didn't get no idea further. It was ridiculous. Especially Once, at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge... I mean, uh, that's yeah, the game right there, really. Couldn't be reviewed. The only league that gets the reviews right, the XFL, right? Yeah. I mean, the rest of them so are... So far, the yeah. The professional leagues are awful, and the, I don't get it. Yeah, the NHL, they'll call plays back <clears throat> for an offside, you know, 40 seconds earlier. MLB, they'll do random ass stuff for you know guy being like I a mean, quarter inch off a base it. yeah they don't they don't uh, get it the right nfl nfl's the worst god knows with the pass interference and now these bs challenges and these horrible reviews you know plays that can or can't be reviewed right. so so far all of the four sports are falling behind in their reviewing technologies they need just a common sense guy we to go, We shouldn't be hey. fucking talking about this is the point. No, see, that's the thing. Yeah, it takes away from the league when I have to spend five minutes I mean, talking about— college football is bad. We shouldn't be talking about this stuff. It should be— I mean, my God, you get to review it, it should get fucking right. The that- disappointment from this game for me uh, is the fact that we had a couple of players that just got uh, outscrapped, that, that just didn't— uh, move to obtain and maintain position and in fact uh, on occasion just got moved right out of position and gave up uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of points I uh, feel that uh, we, we just haven't uh, I mean I'm really disappointed in the in the, of course I don't the fucking progress that we've made god damn it Fuck this show. Take this fucking show and forget it. it. Alrighty, to end the show off on a good news, as we do every week, we do our shout-outs. Leading in on that awesome Bobby Knight soundbite. Zach, who are you shouting out? Obviously, I'm shouting out good old... Actually, you know, it's hilarious. My my dad sent that to me, and with the caption of, this is me working on the car. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, no, good old Bob. You know, Bobby went back to Assembly Hall. Uh, First time in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. And fun note, next weekend, Ohio State is honoring their 1960 national championship team, which Bobby Knight was the sixth man on. So Bobby will be in Columbus uh, as well. So that's a pretty cool thing. Did they win Um, the 61 or the 62 championship? I don't remember. I don't know why you say that to bash me because I got best of both worlds because I'm a UC alum. So no, they did not. And I have a UC 61, 62 Uh, so congrats, Bobby. It's cool that he got to go home. That was a pretty cool moment, honestly. Yeah, a guy who had been such a stalwart yeah. there for years. I mean, it was really cool to see. Uh, Josh, who you shout now? Uh, I am shouting out a guy that is known to many around these parts as Pennsylvania Messi or Penn Messi. Uh, I'm talking about FC Cincinnati winger Jimmy McLaughlin, who is the last OG uh, the original, the last of the originals left. There were three originals left last year. Uh, Jimmy McLaughlin is the last inaugural member left on FC Cincinnati. And this week he was offered a contract after, you know, he had worked very hard through USL to get to MLS, got to MLS last year, ruptured his ACL. Um, so never really got a chance last year. The club was nice enough to be like, all right, you had that injury, show us what you got. And they offered him a contract, you know, he's going to be a depth guy and everything. But it's just really great to see him fight through that, do the training. That's a long, lonely road back from an ACL injury right like that. So awesome for him. Can't wait. Uh, MLS season gets started in under a month. Let's go crew. All righty. My shout out is in Columbus with, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's with Elvis Merzlikens, the backup goalie for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, who had taken the starting helm with Corpus Allo's injury. Elvis Merzlikens had a shutout streak of 174 minutes and 40 seconds, which was the third longest streak in Columbus Blue Jackets history. This guy, coming from a backup role, not a whole lot expected of him. Uh, you know, national pundits were putting him down, saying the Blue Jackets season was over with Corpus Allo being on the injured list, but Merzlikens has held things down, has kept the Blue Jackets in a good area, and the third line is shut out in CBJ history. It's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. he's a rookie, right? Yeah, he's a rookie coming over from uh, uh, Scandinavia, so I mean, very in one of those countries. Big so. shoes to fill for Bob Rowski, and he, is, uh, he has not missed a, a single beat. So, yeah. Believe uh, I believe that's it. Yeah, I believe that's it for Zach rocking the Ohio See State ya. hat. For Josh with the Cincinnati Reds hat. Cincy. I'm Greg rocking the Columbus Crew hat that I wish I was wearing right now. <laughs> this You're is not. 30 Rack of Sports. Peace out. We out.